Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 143. And before I introduce my very special guest, uh, I have a, good, a couple of quick announcements. A couple of you guys have been still asking me, uh, am I still selling digital downloads? Yes. You can go to DocuMixery.com, and there you will find the downloads to all eight of my mixtapes. And for those of you that are still interested in hard copies, once again, you can go to DocuMixery.com and order them. As far as the hard copy CDs, for those of you that still like them, I only have a few left, like a very, very few left. I don't know if I'm gonna be reprinting them over again, but I only have a few left. And uh, uh, some of you have inboxed me, some of you have uh, DM'd me and asked me, is the Rodeo Mixtape DocuMixery still available? Yes, you can watch it, the one hour uh, film festival version on YouTube, or you can watch the three-hour version on doc at DocuMixery.com. So uh, other than that, uh, for those of you who still want to submit your music, go ahead and submit your music at RodeoRadio at gmail.com. And when you submit your music, please submit uh, um, a short bio as well. And if you have videos, please submit those as well. And somebody will contact you uh, via email. So with that being said, if we have any other announcements, we'll announce them during the break. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my special guest for the night, Heido. Gracias. Thank estás? you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Oh. De verdad, de verdad. Oh, de Anytime oh. that I get to sit down with people to just uh, talk about my story and, you know, my music journey, it's really a blessing because all my life, man, I've been I've been fighting for people to, you know, oh, what do you do? What do you know to just get start the conversation? Because I feel like what I bring to the table is very valuable. So thank you for having me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I'm glad you said that because I'm a firm believer and everybody knows here that promote yourself until it pays off. Mm, you know, there you go. Uh, people may hate, people may like it, and then there's people that just don't care. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You continue to push and you continue to win. Exactly. So with that being said, I know today uh, we have the Grammys. I'm not a big Grammy guy. Oh, that's right. You know, I, I thought I was going to ask you, did, did, were you watching them or no? Uh, no, I wasn't even aware. I think I think we were at a photo shoot earlier and uh, actually my photographer said something about the Grammys. It yeah. is tonight. I forgot. You, you know, it's funny. I was explaining to Tony that uh, I, when I was signed to Disney, every year mm -hmm. they used to give us tickets to uh, go to the Grammys. Every mm -hmm. year, like passes. You know, and you know what I said, giving somebody else. I never really cared. Ah, I got you. And 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 he would ask me, you know, well, why didn't you want to go? And I was like, honestly, I just it was just never my thing. Mm -hmm. I never even watched them on TV. Yeah, you know, it was just wasn't my thing. Yeah, but you know what? Whatever, man. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, 
enjoy them, the BET Awards, the whatever awards. There's so many award shows yeah. now, it's yeah. hard to keep up with them. Yeah, it is. But, uh, I feel like as a kid, I kept up with all of them because I just had all the time in the world, you know? Right, So right. as a kid, I was I was interested. But uh, to your point, as an adult, me, like, I don't. Need, I didn't even know the Grammys were tonight. No disrespect to the Grammys. I just didn't. I just didn't know they were even tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, okay. Today is Sunday, if I'm correct, because ever since this COVID thing hit, I forget what <laughs> I forget what day it is. Okay. Yo, we're we're starting to hit the. If I may, we're starting to hit a lot of private events uh, here in LA because they're starting to open back up. Yeah. And what I mean by private is you're not really supposed to have them, but a lot of these local DJs in LA are throwing them, and it's DJs that we either met in the past before the pandemic, or even um, or even during you know right now new DJs. And we got a network, so we've been up late, you know, going out to the clubs and and making sure we're networking. And uh, what I'm trying to say is the pandemic has changed a lot, a lot of things, yeah. and uh, we've been going out lately, man, just trying to make sure that you know we push the music out and, and network with people. People, man but that's a good thing you i know, feel you that the, the pandemic's changed everything yeah because you know during this pandemic you know you had to have learned a new hustle you had to have staying exactly hustling i know a lot of people t still today that are probably watching that wasted an entire year because their mentality was well i'll wait for this to pass and then i'll you got to work through it See? you got to work through it whether it's recording whether it's you know yeah. at your job whether it's a new business or whatever exactly you know but uh it being Sunday, how has your weekend been going so far, man? Yeah, no, the weekend's been busy. It's been busy the last three weekends, to be honest with you, uh, coming home at three in the morning from doing these events that I'm telling you about. And uh, it's 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 me seeing an opportunity that, hey, these things are starting to pick back up, even though they're underground, if you will, right, for lack of a better term. Um, you got to see the opportunity. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yes. You're either going to, when the pandemic hit, you either adapt or you die. Like, so in some cases, for some people, literally, you know, so for me, for me and my team, we've, we've adapted. I mean, and it, it all starts with me because I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who, who's, you know, the artist and the businessman that I am, it all trickles down from me down, you know, to, to all the people that I work with. And it's like, yo, we got to keep this going. We can't stay down. This is not what we're going to do. We're, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Um, so I guess that what I'm trying to say is this weekend's been busy and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, uh, and uh, we've been promoting the, the music networking here in L.A. Uh, at these events. And uh, we just got back from a photo shoot right now, a big photo shoot that we're working on. And uh, I couldn't be more excited, man. It's just another day in the life. Yeah, and thank you awesome. for having me once again. By the way, if I could just say I grew up in Minnesota. This is Prince right here, yo. This is Prince right here, Purple Rain. Prince is one of my idols, That's man. My guy right there. You got uh, the Avengers here. I love. This is probably my favorite one. You got a stripper right here, bro. Yes. I love that. I we, love that. You gotta make it rain later. <laughs> so, so you know what? Uh, that was my next question. I was gonna ask you. Uh, Tony was telling me that you're uh, Tony being your publicist. Yeah, shout out to Tony. Yes, Tony. Robinson. Tony Estrada. Aquí estamos activos. And uh, um, he was telling me you're originally from Minnesota. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota. Yo soy de la ciudad de México. I was born, I'm originally from Mexico City, but I grew up in Minnesota. Okay, uh, how many years would you say you've been in Minnesota before uh -huh. you came out here? Yeah, so I was uh, I was born in 1991 uh, in Mexico City, Tlanepantla, Mexico. So, Saludos a toda mi gente de Mexico, los quiero mucho. Uh, and I was there until I was 10. And uh, I remember everything. I went to school there. I was in the second grade, first grade. I remember I had uh, my little girlfriends or some whatever, you know, like I remember playing soccer with my friends. I remember my favorite bike getting stolen. Like I grew up there, man. I remember everything. And uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, my mother and, and my two younger siblings, we moved to Minnesota. She had a friend there, like a girlfriend there. And it was just like, all right, just, you know, come over here. And, you know, we're looking for in some ways for a little bit of a better life, new opportunities, if you will. Yeah. And my mother was a single mother and remains a single mother. Um, so we went, we went for it, man. And, and 
we came to America and was in Minnesota up until 2015. I moved to LA in 2015, really? 2015, 2016. Yeah. Uh, 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 how is it much different from Minnesota? Man? Night and day. I mean, I mean the everything from the people to the food to the client, the the you know the the way the climate is, you know. I mean, everything, everything is different. One thing that I do miss about Minnesota, and I'm very proud of Minnesota and growing up there, is the people. The people, not that the people here aren't great. There's all kinds of people here, and I actually love that. But in Minnesota, there's just this humility. There's there's this down to earth. There is this. Um, simplicity of people and that's how i grew up i grew up with those people and man and, and i couldn't be more proud to be from over there but it's a little bit different than here you know we got hollywood here you know some yeah. people like to act hollywood and i've noticed how to um balance that uh that energy with my energy because i'm really not like that um so you know it's 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 been fun i love los angeles man i wouldn't want to live anywhere else really i swear to you man it's a it's wow. it's, it's a great balance for me that's a good thing. So you say you were born in 1991? Si, 91. See, now you're making me feel old because my album came out in 1991. So, <laughs> yeah. You got to be kidding me, bro. Yeah, yeah just December. Dude, you, look, you look like you're 32. I swear to you, bro. You're, you're not in your low 30s? No, I'll be 53 this month. Pero se ve, se ve bien joven. I try. Wow, I'm being Thank honest, you. by the way. Thank you. I don't know what you're using, bro, but you're doing um, good. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> whatever you're doing. But what, what, what was it? That somebody was telling me that the Kardashians put like seal blood or some. <laughs> <laughs> they do some shit. Yeah, like they that. doing something, man. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, man. Thank you about that. You know, so now you come to LA. Uh, when you come out of here, did you come with friends, family, or like solito? Solito, solo, solo, solo. Esa es la cosa que le digo a la gente todo el tiempo. Yo, when I came here, man, it's it's about seeing something bigger than myself, right? Like, but that comes with sacrifice. Like, you hear famous people all the time be like, yo, you gotta do sacrifices, and you hear on YouTube or something, you're like, yeah, sacrifices, but it's really real, you know what I mean? And they come in, they come in different levels. Y para mí, is leaving my mother behind, leaving my family behind, and everyone I knew. You know, I grew up there, and um, the way the way that I was living, and so you know, it's it, it was it was it was it was a bit difficult in the beginning, but I knew being the artist and the businessman that I am, that needed to happen. So you invest in it and you make that sacrifice, and nobody from scratch. Um, if you see my videos or the people online here, Hido Experience on YouTube. If you see my music videos and you hear my music, if you has if you guys happen to go hear it. You know, it never used to look like that. You know, the, my videos didn't look like that before. And I'm not saying that they're, they're the greatest or my music, but it's like, it used to not look like that. And it's through years of working with people that didn't work, working with that didn't work, doing that sound that, did, oh, that worked. Let's, let's do more of that, right? Just trial and tribulation and just fixing, fixing things. And when I moved here to LA, I had to make that sacrifice, man. And from scratch, nobody. Santos, my business partner and, and manager who manages with me, didn't know him. I didn't know him until, until three years ago. You know, I moved here in 2015. Like there was, there was one plug and that was, that was uh, Johnny Olmos, who's Nine Diamond. He's one of the producers that I work with. And he's the reason why I moved here because he made me feel welcomed. Johnny really did make me feel like that. And I, and I felt welcomed and I was like, yo, let me come over here. Other than that, bro, scratch, scratch. All the videographers that I've had to hit up to make the videos look the way they look, through hundreds of them. I had to look for them on my own. The photographers, models, Everybody, bro, I, 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 I had to sack, not only did I have to sacrifice leaving what I knew, but I also had to start from scratch. No connects. Y ahora viendo para atrás, ya han pasado cuatro, cinco años, and I'm very proud of what I've been able to do in a very short period of time. 
That's awesome story, man. Wow, I'm I'm just digging your story because you said Benitez aquí solito. You came here by yourself. Yes, I drew. I I, I drew. I drove three days. For a minute, it takes three days to get here. If oh, you, so you it, didn't fly? You no, drove. no, no, no. I drove. I took I took my mom's car. She let my mom's car that she let me borrow, and and I drove here. I drove you three days, and 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 I came by myself, and I came here, and it's like let's do it, and, and I came here to try it out for 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 a little bit. That's where I met Johnny Nine Diamond, one of the producers. Y me regresé a Minnesota, manejé de nuevo, and then I told mom, I, I gotta go, I gotta go over there. I, you know, let me go for three months, and I had to go tell my job. I used to work at Best Buy at the time, <laughs> and I remember walking into my and my boss was really cool his name is bart and um and i was like yo man i need to i need to you know boom 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 and i was really nervous and i had this whole speech ready you know what he did he said when you want to go when you want to come back i see like that i see y me vine y manejé de nuevo tres días me vine una segunda vez y me estuve aquí por tres meses aquí estuve por tres meses sleeping on my friend's couch a friend i had at, at the time i slept on his couch for three months we come back to it sacrifice right see a vision for yourself and that's what i saw you know so i was here for three months straight sleeping on the couch working on music with johnny before i made the move wow yeah bro that's by awesome. myself from scratch that's awesome you know what and i should hopefully inspire a lot of these artists and the reason why i say that okay is because the majority the majority uh, of all of artists that I interviewed here. I interviewed people here from uh, Houston, Texas. Mm, from the Houston. Um, yes, uh, from um, uh, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I got some people coming in from Denver, but I got people from Las Vegas, Stockton, uh, Arizona. I had a lot of people that have come from, and they show up early. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the people that live here locally. Mm. Hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it. <laughs> they take it for granted. That's exactly That's what it exactly is. That's exactly what happens. And, and, I, and I'm gonna be real with you. Here's what I tell them. I'm not gonna rebook you. Yeah. If you're 15 minutes away, yeah. and you're gonna cancel an hour or 10 minutes before the show, you know, you don't deserve this platform. Exactly, 100%, 100%. And people don't people don't see it that way. No, they don't. And that's why I admire what you're saying. Now, do you come from a big family, a lot of brothers and sisters? No, 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 de nuevo tampoco. Yo vengo una familia muy, muy pequeña. Like I said to you earlier, you know, I grew up with a single mother till this day. And it's just, I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger brother. We're all two years apart. Younger brother and younger and a younger sister. I'm 29 now. And no, we unfortunately, or I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, we've never been really close with our external family. It's just the truth. That's the facts. So it's always been us four. Nosotros cuatro solitos de Minnesota. Dormiendo en el piso. Como acuerdo una casita bien chiquita. Small house, sleeping on the floor when we first got here, man. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been us four. So even even for my mother when she came here, she just had that one friend. So her from scratch. We've had to earn everything. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's funny because when you blow up, man, expect long lost relatives to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> and hit you up. Eres mi primo. You know? So, believe me, yeah, I've had people that have tried to do that. Like, I'm your cousin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways, keep it pushing. ¿Dónde, ¿Dónde estabas cuando estábamos desde cero? Exactly. No, 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 yo te, yo te entiendo mucho. Y este, sabes que yo pienso en mi opinión que va a ayudar mucho is the people that I keep around me, right? Uh, whether that be from my business partner, San, uh, Santos, who's a super hardworking guy and super humble, or my mother, right? Or even my brother and sister. You gotta, I'm very particular with energies I keep around me. Because not only in the short term, right? Yeah, yeah. Keeping me in check in the short term, but in the long term. 
right? Like, yo, bro, you know those people weren't messing with you back in the day, right? You gotta, I gotta check you right now. And so I, I do it for the short term and the long term because that's gonna happen. I'm aware of that thing. I'm aware of that thing. In, I'm aware of a lot of things that come with this business because I've been peeping the game for many, many years, right? And I'm still a student of the game. And so I'm, I know kind of what I'm getting myself into. I'm, I'm not walking in here blinded. I'll tell you that much. The internet has helped, you know, to yeah. be able to do a lot of research. Entonces, este, I know it's coming and uh, sorry, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's and like. I, and I'm glad you're, you, uh, earlier you stated that uh, you see the way people act Hollywood. Yeah, sure. It's very, very true. You know, I mean, you got dudes and, and, and I don't say this to try to be funny, but I know dudes that are still living with their mom, no car, no job. But on the internet, you know, they flexing. Yes. It, Cabron, <laughs> there's no balance there. Yeah. I mean, you're building a life, whatever. It's cool with, right? It's cool. Whatever. Everybody lives their own life, but in, like, you're building a life that's not real. I just don't know how some people can live like that. You know what right. I mean? Psh, no say, but that's crazy. And, yeah. but that's, that's what happens, right? You know, so being from Mexico, a big soccer fan. Claro, claro que sí. Cada vez que juega México en el Mundial, dude, México all the way, you know what I mean? Uh, I think I used to be a bigger fan, a bigger fan of, of uh, football or soccer, right? When I was younger, I played varsity soccer in high school. I was captain senior year. Well, by the way, I used to be really good. And I'm just saying like, I was captain. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I used to be really good. I used to work really hard though. And, and that's the thing, I, I, anything that I put myself into, I work really hard and yeah, man, I'm a big fan of soccer, man. And, awesome. Uh, that being from Mexico, like, it's like, I don't know what else I can compare it with. Like, it's like, um, maybe like, like black folks, like I know a lot of my, like, like, like black homies, like, you know, they play basketball. Like, you know, that's like a thing. In Mexico, jugamos fútbol, así es la cosa. Yeah. Like, if you were Mexican, you just always picked up a soccer ball. Either, either football or a boxeo. Oh, el boxeo, claro que sí, claro yeah, que sí. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love a lot of boxing. Today, not so much. Mm -hmm. You know, and with that being said, I have to say this: that marvelous Marvin Hagler uh, just passed away. Uh, a great, great boxer. Were you talking? Uh, my business partner Santos was just telling me about that. He's a big boxing boxing guy. I don't know if you heard of Michael Hunter. Yes. Uh, Michael Hunter actually Santos is with uh, with his management team, and he's like involved with them uh, since the jump before when they were sleeping on couches. Actually, oh, okay. so uh, Santos is a big my business partner. He's a big. Uh, a boxing fan too as well. That's awesome. So rest in peace to you know him and yeah, man. And condolences to R. his R. family. Yeah, and he was young. I believe he was sixty six years old. Mm. You know, very young guy. Uh, um, I'm, I don't know exactly what he passed away of, but yeah, he's no longer with us. Other than that, you come here to Laker Town. Are you a Laker fan? Um, I'm a Clippers and Lakers. I'm gonna be honest with you. I love Kawhi. You know what I mean? Um, um, and it's like the underdogs there's something about being the underdog that i just love because mm -hmm. i think maybe i relate to it you know i feel like i'm an underdog in this city you know in in general but particularly in the city not being from here and you know create being one to be in music is like yeah another guy trying to make music of course we need more of those in the city right <laughs> uh so i feel like an underdog so I, I like connect with the clippers in that way pero los lakers you know i mean Who's not a fan of Kobe Bryant? You right. know, who's not a fan of uh, Magic Johnson, the greatest point guard to ever play, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man, I'm and I'm a fan of LeBron James. Even when he switches teams, I'm just I'm just a fan of <laughs> even and I'm and I mean that in in, in in with all respect because I just not only as a basketball player but as a businessman. Like wow, the way he moves, you don't know him because of drama. You don't know him because of X, Y, and C or right. with girls or got in trouble in Miami because he's no. You know him for his work. You know. 
and he's a great basketball player. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I just, I admire that. I admire that also about Jay-Z, his business mind. I see a lot of myself in Jay-Z um, when it comes to business. Obviously, we're in two different genres, but um, yeah, man, I got, I got, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Lakers fan. What about Dodgers? The Dodgers, I love the Dodgers. I mean, you know, like growing up, uh, growing up in Minnesota, they have the Twins, the Minnesota Twins, and it's like, yeah, like they were cool, but you know, they didn't compare to the Dodgers. The Dodgers <laughs> have always been like this, this whole, um, this whole kind of vibe. And right, dude, I love going to the Dodgers, the Dodgers game. I miss probably besides Universal Studios, that's the second thing I miss the most from the uh because of this pandemic i just love it man just like there's it's a family event and like you get the popcorn and the hot dogs and you get a drink and it's a beautiful day and it's like it's the best i yeah. mean you grew up here right yes you grew up here so to you maybe it'd be kind of normal right but it's someone like me from the outside bro we look at you guys like you guys got all of this i'm gonna make sure i eat all of it i'm gonna go to all of that i'm gonna go to clippers uh game i'm gonna go to lakers game i'm gonna go to dodgers game porque nosotros Creciendo, cuando vemos ustedes, you guys were everything. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's funny. I'm very blessed to be here. Yes, yeah, you are blessed. And, <laughs> and I'm blessed to be here too. And we got to yes. uh, uh, be thankful that every time we open our eyes, we're blessed. You exactly, know? brother. Good. Amen. You know, uh, um, I've traveled a lot, especially around the U.S. I've been to a lot of places mm -hmm. twice, two, three, four times, okay? But every time I come back to L.A., thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, because I've gone to places like, okay, like here, if I want to go to a Nasbury Farm, Disneyland, Universal Studios, Magic Mountain, Universal City Walk, Dodgers Lake, I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. I can go to the beach, which is yes. ain't too far from here. I know it, man. You go to some places, I'm surrounded by mountains, and I feel like claustrophobic. Like, <laughs> what do you guys do around here? Middle Nothing. of nowhere. We just stay home. Yeah, man. No way, I can't. I, I can't do that, bro. I'm exactly. a city boy, man. So I, I can totally relate to that. I, I go away on a business trip or something, or even back to Minnesota to see my mom or something, and it's like three days go by. It's like, yo, I'm itching. I gotta get back to the hustle that LA got. You know what I mean? I gotta get back to that vibe again. I this I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. There's a connect for me personally, not even music, that I feel with the city of Los Angeles and the county. Siendo de Mexico, creciendo en Minnesota, those both worlds collide. Right, here right, right, right and so right. i totally hear what you're saying man i feel the same way when i'm away you, you know okay uh i have a friend that lives in new york so whenever i go to new york i stay with him whenever i go there and i go to times square sometimes i may just sit there and watch all the people walking by you i've know. never been to new york man oh you, you'll love it put it this way especially times square bro because you see all the billion dollar screens bro that are the size of buildings yeah and you see tv commercials and they're just not one they're everywhere <laughs> you can literally like do this you know <laughs> yeah, 360. Yeah, bro. go all the way right. Yeah. The screens are amazing. I mean, they're starting to do a little bit like step by staple centered like that. Exactly. That's right. They've been adding yes. stuff. Yep. But uh, yeah, oh my it's God. Cold. Especially that center. Yes, bro. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, it, to me, it was just an awesome, awesome experience. So I encourage people to go. If you don't like crowded places, then don't go. Right. If you can deal with it, then you'll love it. Yeah, you, you'll exactly. Love it, bro. So it, it's cool over there. So I, I enjoyed it. Now, uh, um, let me ask you this. At what point in time did you realize uh i could sing rap or you know what is it that you do because the song that i heard that i really enjoyed was the billy grossa oh gracias okay that one that was more of a, a reggaeton song if i'm sí, correct sí, sí. you did it in english and spanish uh -huh. now is that the only genre of music you do or have you do you do others as well for the fans that may not know yeah that's a great question um it, it my foundation as an artist will always be hip-hop okay um the way i dress the way i speak the way my music sounds 
Um, hip hop will always be the foundation. It started with Eminem and the Eminem show. When okay. I was 11 years old in Minnesota, I, like by accident, I, I like ran into that CD. And I remember hearing White America and I didn't speak English. It's only been one year since I moved to the States, right? And I remember hearing White, White America, Dada, and I didn't know what the hell he was saying. Pero la energía que ese muchacho. The energy. Until this day, that energy obviously spoke to me because <laughs> yeah. I didn't even understand what the hell he was saying. Isn't it amazing that it spoke to you and not it wasn't even in your language? Nope, nope. And I knew by then, I knew, I knew of my, my mom would listen to Michael Jackson, Maná, Juan Gabriel. Those son artistas que yo también soy super fan y mi ídolos. Uh, you know, I knew of great artists, but they never made me want to get in front of the mic and be like, yo, well, I think this is what I want to do. Y desde ese momento, something hit, something click. And I said, this is, this is for me. <laughs> I get kind of emotional talking about it right now because I remember that. You know yeah. what I mean? This is for me. And, and it, it started with hip hop and, um, I never stopped. And from there, you know, I evolved as a, as, as an artist with my writing, with my being on stage. And, um, you know, ever since then I've been, I've been making music and I've explored different styles of music to get to your question. Um, I've made pop music, urban pop music, hip hop, trap. Um, I've made Spanish music also, but to me, it's like, I tell people all the time as an artist or even as a person, I'm sure you're not the same person you were when you were 13. Mm -hmm. I know you're not. I know nobody in this room is the same person when they were 13, neither am I. So it's the same thing for me in my journey as an artist. And I think for most artists, you develop and you start with this, you start with that, you keep something. Pero cuando empezaste música en español, lo que es reggaeton, el latino urbano, algo pasó. Algo pasó cuando yo estaba escribiendo eso en el estudio, um, writing that type of music in the studio, and just, it became very organic. To be honest, it became almost easier than the English records. Really? Uh, and that's not to knock LA Love, which if you haven't heard LA Love and you're here from LA, you would connect with LA Love. LA, the city I love. No other place that I'd rather come. Mm -hmm. Buena. And I released that in 2016. But when I made Spanish music, something clicks, man. And not only was it organic in the studio, when I started doing shows here in the in the local LA scene at these Latin clubs, it's like, y'all like this? I've never seen the reaction from people. And I'm not saying they went crazy for me. What I'm trying to tell you is I never seen that type of reaction. Like, who is that from? And I've performed since I was 11. I've been hitting the stages since I was 11, bro. And it's like, wow, that's another sign. And entonces, and I think it sounds good. I, I think, I think I'm, let me rephrase. I like to be humble. I know I'm good at it. I, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very secure of who I am, especially I've been doing this for, for a while. And then when I started making music in Spanish, I'm like, this is it, bro. This is it. It's the same feeling that I had when I found the Eminem show. This is for me. Genero Urbano. Eso es mío. Y lo voy a atacar representando a México. Y lo voy a hacer bien. And uh, I, I guess for people out there, I'm considered a Latin urban artist, yeah. but I'm an artist first, you know, cause I, cause I just, I direct all my videos. I, I come up with the video treatments. I write all my songs. I went to school for music business and audio engineering. I engineer all my records. I write all my lyrics. That's all me up to this point. You know what I mean? And so I'm an artist first, but I guess I would be considered a Latin urban artist, uh, making Spanish music with English in it. Right, right, right. Because you know, what's the other thing? I gotta remind, remain myself. And I'm sure you being in the industry, more you probably know more than me, obviously. you People tell you, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you should run your business a certain way. And it's like, for an artist, it's like, you gotta remain yourself. Yeah. So if I was to write just music in Spanish fully, which I do, by the way, Provócame es una de las canciones, tócame y provócame. O sea, esa canción toda es en español. 
But to remain myself, it's kind of like peligrosa. I love hip hop, so I do my rap verses in English, and then I do my my choruses in Spanish over reggaeton beats. And I feel like that's kind of my trademark, you know, because um, that's just me being myself. Yeah, from yeah. Mexico City to Minnesota, knowing Tito el Bambino, Wisin y Andel. I mean, that I'm just being myself on the music. You know what I mean? That's awesome. We're gonna go ahead and press pause right there. We're gonna go ahead and take a ten minute break, and we're gonna come right back and pick up what you left. Let's on. do it. Aquí estamos activos. Hell yeah. Okay, everybody, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know the Heidel's in the building, and we'll be be be, be, be back. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll be me back. Puse, me puse tartamudo ahí, bro. You made hey. me nervous. We will be right back in ten minutes. Okay, that was the first time. Welcome back, everybody, to Roading Radio, episode 143. And I'd like to thank everybody who's on the live chat, everybody who's subscribed, everybody who's commented, everybody who's uh, liking or disliking. It doesn't really matter. You're still watching. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, let's go back to Jairo. ¿Cómo estás? I love it. Man. I love your energy, bro. <laughs> you got to keep it real, man. Not everybody's going to like the show. Not everybody's going to like my music. It's either for you or it's not. Right. And if it's for you, let's keep it moving. Let's win together. Let's right. win more. Y si no es para ti, change the channel that's it easy as that easy as that so uh let's get back to the music okay 11 years old you mentioned that you had been performing uh, uh what, what was that like what was it that inspired you or motivate you was there anything else other than eminem that you said i'm gonna take the stage or i'm gonna uh i'm gonna rap or was it a friend that maybe you ought to do it or oh wow you're taking me back you're taking me back i'm about to release details that i haven't said yet because you're asking a really good question um so it started with the Eminem show. At the same time, when I was 11 years old, uh, writing my little raps at three in the morning while my family was sleeping in a one bedroom apartment, I had my headphones on and the stereo we had, and I was writing my raps over his songs. At the same time that I was doing that for a couple months, I had a, we were just off air talking about, uh, you know, the shit that went down, uh, uh, you know, last year with the whole uh, here in LA, the, a George Floyd thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. I have a lot of respect for black folks and a lot of respect for their culture. We were talking about that off there, so it's, off air, so it's kind of funny I'm about to say this. At the same time that I was doing that, I was in fifth grade, there was one black friend that I had, the only black guy, black kid in our school. This is Minnesota, oh, in a wow. small town. All white people, some Hispanics, was one black dude. He and I were cool, right? He and I were friends. And I remember two months being into writing my own raps, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell my mom, nobody. Uh, there was this D.A.R.E. program, if you guys remember the D.A.R.E. program, yeah. right? Like the cops come and talk to you about, you know, boom, boom, whatever. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't, the violence is not the way to go. They would come like uh, once a month to our school in Albert Lee, Minnesota, which is a small town I grew up with. And he came, he came up, I got to give a shout out to Darian Parker. Darian Parker was his name, um, raced by two, two gay, two, two gay guys who were white. I mean, that should show you how much love we need to show each other, man. Like he was raised by two gay dudes that were white and this black kid in Minnesota. And they were the most, I remember his parents, the most coolest people I've ever met. Bro, it's just crazy because a lot of people judge and, and stuff and it's like, you don't believe him. And sometimes some of, some of the things, the people that we judge the most are the literally the most nicest people you'll ever meet. Anyway, so Darian Parker was like, came up to me. He's like, bro, you know that D.A.R.E. program? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you listen to rap, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, we should write a couple raps and perform. Ask the, ask the principal if we can perform at the D.A.R.E. program. I'm like, 
it was like, what? How does he doesn't even know that I'm writing my own raps? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we went to the we went to the uh, the principal, right? And uh, we're asking her, you know, two fifth graders. Can you imagine a Mexican dude and a black dude, right? Like, <laughs> hey, you know, we want to, you know, the dare program. You know, can we, you know, we like rap? Can we do a rap for them? And the principal went, okay, you can do it, but it ha it's got to talk about not doing drugs and all that, right? Right, right. So that's that I wrote I wrote that rap I wrote my first rap for the public um at that time and like three weeks later the dare program came and it was all the kids like all the school the whole school bro was there watching and we got up there and we had our uh, we had our boom box and we had our microphones and actually the beat that i ripped off the internet from the school computers was nas i know i can i know i can be what i want to be do you remember that yeah. yep i ripped that beat off i was engineer before i knew i was an engineer bro i ripped the beat off the computer of the school like we had i like was able to look it up and somehow i wanted i somehow i looked up the instrumental i don't even know how i looked up the instrumental how what was i thinking but yo solo pensé and uh i had nothing recorded on the, the 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 music was coming out the speakers but i had nothing to put it in the in the boob box and i went wait a minute i could get a tape recorder and buy it buy an empty tape at walmart put the tape thing hit record on the tape portable tape recorder and i get the beat and now guess what now the beat is on the cassette put the cassette inside the boombox we can make a rap to it now i was engineering before i was engineering bro it's crazy that you're taking me back to that lane and thanks to darian parker shout out to darian parker if he ever if you ever see this shout out to your parents also who were the nicest people i did my first gig now, now let me ask you this they give you the mic and they say go for it and that was nervioso of course of <laughs> course i was but i attacked it how i always attack everything sin miedo Really? Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember, at, 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 you know, doing the thing, like being scared as shit. But something within me said, this is for you. So that confidence allowed me to, once I got on there, to not be so nervous. But of course I was nervous, man. Now, now what was the response that you got after you performed? <laughs> Dude, people looked at us like we were aliens, bro. Like people, people like our our friends, our kids. They looked at us like, yo, these two clowns. And we were breakdancing too. I used to uh, have my own breakdancing crew in high school. Uh, we were called the Unforgettables. To the guys who were with me, I made up the choreography and everything too. And they were older than me. They were seniors. I was a freshman. Anyway, so we were also breakdancing. <laughs> we came up with the choreography during that same thing. So when he was rapping, I was break. I was acting like I was breakdancing. Right? I was like on the floor doing the thing. It it was horrible and uh and then when it was time for me to rap i'd grab the mic and he would do the break dancing thing but they looked at us like we were aliens bro really? you know and it was like bro people think our, you know like you know you thought you thought maybe i had a chance with a couple girls at the time and being in fifth grade i ruined my chances with them you know what i mean like it's like now nah, they look i'm they think i'm just weird but eso fue la primera vez okay. que me puse en el escenario it was for the dare program in albert lee minnesota in 2002 Wow. Thanks to a black kid named Darian Parker. Can you believe that? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So after that, what comes next as far as you saying, I'm going to go ahead and get serious about it? What mm. did, did you buy any equipment to record yourself? <sighs> Hermano, las cosas han pasado. Han pasado tantas cosas. Este, yo me acuerdo, I remember, um, you know, as I continued through my journey in that town, you know, at the school dances, I would go to every school dance. I'd go and have fun, but I'd also go trying to be like, can I perform on the stage? Which is crazy, because I still do that till this day. 
You know what I mean? It's like shit that I've been doing for many years. Yo, I'm trying to get on. And I remember going to every school dance and trying to make my way into like the DJs and like, yo, can I do a song? And some of them would help me, some of them not. And trying to get to the equipment thing, you're saying, how did I get, when did I take it serious? And it's like, I remember being like, yo, you know, I want to, I make music, you know, to like the DJs or people that knew the DJs, you know, I want to record my first song. I was, I was 14, 13. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, give me your number, I'll call you. ¿Sabes cuando llamaron? Jamás. Como dijera Tony, mi PR. Nunca me llamaron. Un video de música o algo. Oh, tú, tú haces video. Pum, pum. Sí, yo tengo un, video, un amigo que hace video. Ok, dame, dame tu número. Ok, aquí está mi número. Or my mom's number. I don't even know whose number it was. ¿Sabes cuando llamaron? Jamás. Entonces, yo siendo de nuevo el negociante que yo soy, I repeat it. Being the businessman that I am and being the artist that I was, even though I didn't know it, I, I was engineering before I knew I was engineering. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I look back now and I was doing a lot of things that I that are, have certain titles that I did not know I was doing. Uh, like, it's really crazy to think about. Y este, I made my mom, I, I asked my mom kindly if she could take me to a Best Buy and I'm like, they must have software to record music on our home, our home family computer. Can you take me to Best Buy? Me lleva a la Best Buy, vamos para la Best Buy. I'm asking the guys in the blue shirts, yo, I want to record, I'm an artist. <laughs> Wait, they have 13 años. Yeah, I want to record, yeah, yeah, This guy, boom, pull me on. We got this, 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 this one right here is called Sony Acid. It was a green box, $60. My mom bought it for me. This is before YouTube, by the way. Me fui para la casa y leí el manual. From top to bottom. I read the manual, learned it everything got on the home computer installed it i don't even know how i installed it but i just knew i did and i started downloading shit off a of limewire you know what i'm saying i made my mom buy me a 20 dollar microphone of uh, a radio shack back when we had radio shack right todavía tengo ese micrófono i still have that microphone actually and i started learning so you're telling me when did i take it serious i think that was around the time when i really took it i mean i take it i've always taken it serious but it's like when people were telling me they're going to give me the opportunity but they never gave it to me and by the way that shit hasn't changed. Uh, I still gotta do the same at 29 years old. And I still have to do the same going forward, by the way. That's never gonna change. And I learned that very early in my life. Entonces, from that moment, I started recording myself, learning everything before YouTube, download, downloading beats off a of LimeWire, going to Walmart, getting the blank CDs, writing with a Sharpie, yo, whatever, Heidos mixtape, and selling it out my high school for $5. You know what I'm saying? And some people would buy it, some people would not. And I guess the people, the kids that would buy it was just because they probably felt sorry for me, you know? But that's what I was doing. You were hustling. I was hustling, right? I, I, went, I went to the one place we had in Albert Lee because it was a small town that um, printed photos. And I went over to them like, yo, I'm a rapper. I want to come up with my own CD. Can you guys print out this photo that my mom took of me? I was literally on a, like in a chair, like on my house, a picture that my mom took. It was like my first mixtape. Yeah, we can do it for you. Boom, boom, boom. Quantas copias? Oh, 60 copias. Okay, cool. And I would put the picture inside the the blank the the, the blank CD sleeve with my CD in it, signed by me, and I was selling for five dollars. Bro, this is not a game. I've been taking this serious since the beginning. I just didn't know the things that I was doing until now. Like, bro, I was really doing all these things. I was just having fun. I just loved it so much, and I had a vision of getting my music to the people. Which, by the way, again. I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to get my music to the people because I feel like what I have to bring, especially now, is very um, valuable. I know my worth. 
I know what I can bring to the world and it deserves to be seen and heard worldwide. I know you probably get a lot of people who say that. No, I don't. But uh, that's the way I feel. And you're going to watch and you're going to see. We're not playing around. We're going to make this happen. And that's how I feel. You know what I mean? And I guess I've always felt that way. Um, so as far as taking it serious from, from the jump, when people told me no, I went and asked my mom politely to buy me equipment and she bought it for me. That's awesome, man. That's Así awesome. Ha pasado la cosa. And it's funny because, you know what, I do get a lot of people that come over here and their attitude is like, you know, I released the EP and some people fuck with us, some people don't. Fuck them if they don't. And I'm like, do you believe in yourself at all? Like, mm. I, I kind of wonder about that because there's some people that do come in here. I know they're talented, but for some reason, they either have low self-esteem, you know, they don't believe in themselves. They think they're afraid of rejection, so they're afraid to go full speed ahead like the way you're going. And that's what I love about you is that drive. Gracias. That, that if somebody says no, fuck it, I'll come back and I'll buy the building. I've been doing it since I was 13, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it since I yeah, was 13. Yeah. And I think we need more people like that in this business because there's, I think there's a lot of people in this business that they don't believe in themselves. Mm. And my, my thing is like this. It would be like if... um. Somebody's training me for a, a, a you know championship fight, mm -hmm. but you ask me, Tony, think you're gonna win? No. W what am I doing this for? And I, I do meet a lot of people like whether it's here, de verdad, yeah, or on the streets. They're like, yeah, well, if they buy it, you know, cool. I heard Will Smith once say in one of his speeches, you guys probably heard this. He quoted some famous guy off that wrote a book or something. He who says he can and he who says he can't is usually right. You guys have heard that from? Yes. I don't know if you heard from Will Smith. La verdad. And that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's true. Bro, you're already fucking up your chance. That's it. God bless them, though, because everybody's got different come ups. Yeah. It, this music business, I tell my business partner Santos all the time, it's not meant for everybody. No. God bless that. God, thank God that he gave me this kind of interest in music and he gave me the, the mother that I have, number one. And number two, just the come up that I had. Thank God, bro, because all of that has built up to to having yeah. that confidence. And it's not meant for everybody. You know, uh, I think eventually I think I think what sucks the most is that, that I see sometimes is people who want people who want to be artists and, you know, they're they've been putting in the work and then they realize that it's not for them. Yeah. And like they invested all this money. They invested all this time. Yeah. It's like, bro, I just want to I for me, I want to I want to fail quicker. I want to fail quicker so that I know where to change, right? So that I'm not 45 failing at the one thing I thought was for me. So it's like, it's not meant for everybody. And for me, thank God for my mother. Thank God for the come up I had and just the, God, the way God made me, right? Gracias a él, gracias a Dios, al universo de verdad. Porque it's more than just music. Yeah. It's more than just coming to, it, to, 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 to writing a good song. I got to be able to show up here and seize the opportunity with you yeah. in a podcast and be able to know how to speak and artic articulate in Spanish or English what the hell I'm saying to you, right? I come here with confidence, write great songs. When it's time to do a video, yo, show up on time. Yo, show up and do this. Yo, like when it's time to go to the club and be there late and perform and network, you have to know how to network. Here's my business card. Yo, this is what I do. Don't be afraid. Be humble with like, there's just so many things if you want to be anything in life but if we're talking music and what i've seen because i'm talking from experience bro right to be a recording artist or be in the music industry is not just about the music what kind of people do you allow to be around you that's very ah, important cuidado cuidado con eso porque eso también uno como manejador yo el manejador yo mismo que yo soy para mí i need to make sure i manage that that's probably number one yeah who I'm am i allowing to be to be around here bro who am I allowing to be able to touch something that I've been building my whole life? 
Yeah. Cuidado, porque esa gente que si dejo, that, they better know that they're worth that they're worth a lot. Yeah. You know? They're worth a lot, man, because it's like I'm allowing I'm allowing for those people to come into my life and build them build together. Yeah. You also have to know that. Entonces son tantas cosas, entonces that's what I mean to those people that that you ask and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know, man." And it's like, "May God bless them and hopefully they find their purpose." Yeah. A lot quicker so that they can live a better life. Gracias a Dios, desde los 11 años, I found my purpose. That's good, and I'm man. sure you being in the business, you've been for many years and yes. we respect you so much. You found your purpose a long time ago. And yeah. look at you, man. I'm sure I'm sure you've been I'm sure you've been happy with what you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here doing what you're doing right now, bro. And and also having to adjust to the pandemic and, yes. and your own personal problems that you've had in life and family. You right. you can tú tú sigues, tú sigiste. Yo, I'm you're an example for me. Yeah. Thank you, man. Real talk. Thank you. And, and you're being an example to a lot of people watching right now because I'm sure that there are some youngsters that either they're watching right now or watching later that, okay, that's the attitude I need to have. That's the attitude I need to have, you know. But you brought up something that's very important when you said you, you got to be careful who you allow around you. Big. And, and, and that's very, very important for all you guys out there listening, whether you're an R&B singer, whether you're a reggaeton singer, whether you're a rock singer, whether you're a rap singer or whatever. It'd be very important because people will come disguised and say, I'll help you build. But really what they're doing, they're stealing bricks to go build somewhere else. A hundred percent. And you know what? To those people's credit, to the people who don't judge it well, sometimes it's hard to judge it. Sometimes it's hard to tell who what their people's intentions are, right? right? I've ran into that in the past with past business relationships. I've learned those past business relationships that I had, that's exactly what I've, I, that's happened to me. Where I thought this, it, it was gonna be this, this and that, and they were gonna build with me, but they really weren't, bro. I've learned that, I've learned that also, bro. And, yeah. and it's like, hmm, thank you. See, it's also, also about how you see things. Gracias, thank you, which they will remain nameless. Thank you, X, Y, and Z for that lesson. Because yeah. now the next time I have an opportunity with someone else in whichever area, I know how to better manage that situation yeah. and that relationship yeah. for the better of the both of us. And at the end of the day, for the better of the dream, which is touching the people with good music. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. so I, I totally understand that journey. You know, uh, I saw an interview because my favorite artist and everybody that knows this watch Rodian Radio for the last year and a half. Three days ago, we've finished a year and a half that we've been in existence, okay? Thank you. Congrats. And uh, people know that my favorite artist of all time is Prince. Okay. Oh, for real? Yeah, he's uh, from Minnesota, time. man. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah, are you you shitting me? No, I'm. I'm everybody knows. That's your favorite artist. That's my favorite artist. Purple oh. rain, purple rain. Over Michael Jackson and all that, but Prince, rest in peace. Rest in peace. So now, I saw an interview one day when they asked him about uh, wow um, his life. You know, they just asked him. You know, can you kind of just let us allow us into your life just a little bit? And he said this that uh, if he would have known. Uh, that being famous would have a lot. I'm trying to find the words that he used. Like mm. him being famous, it, it caused him to live a lonely life. And mm. he said, if I would have known that, I probably would have never have done it because I'm so lonely. So they asked him, what was it that made you live a lonely life? And he said, trust in people. Mm. And it's very true because mm. when you're where he's at, Right. You don't know what people really care about you. Right. Or, when you get to that level. Yeah. Or, you know, um, what can I get from him? I'll kiss his ass mm -hmm. until I can get what I... And mm -hmm. logo lo mando a la verga. I just want to be plain and simple. Okay? Yes. And 
that's pretty much what he was saying you know right. people come in and out so you don't really so after a while you just kind of build a wall and like i only allow maybe one or two people to get close to me but it's a lonely life i mean think about this sadly <laughs> he died by himself facts facts you know? so it, shout out to paisley park you know it, it, it's pretty tough so so that's one thing that i encourage a lot of artists you know what not everybody's your friend yeah a hundred percent and know that what prince was saying and many and i've heard this coming out of the mouth of other artists i look up to it is it it, it can be a very lonely uh lifestyle right like going from a bunch of people at an interview or a bunch of people at a, at a show and then you're by yourself and and really people come up to you and really when you get to a certain level right again another thing that i've been peeping the game that i'm aware that it's coming i, I see the wave I see it from over here where people are just gonna want something from you yeah. and you know what kudos to them i'm built i've built something for myself and my team has built something for ourselves that people want to be a part of some people want a longevity are gonna want longevity with us a lot of people like prince was saying are just gonna want you to get a buck up for you Absolutely. to get some money for you and you know what props to them you know they gotta do what they gotta do too but me being also the person that i am and the artist you have to be able to the best way you can to judge that and be like I know I, I I can see the intention here, and be able to allow it to only come so close. Yeah, so close. Right, yeah. and uh, and then again, like like I was saying, and you were just saying, it's like only you got to be careful about the the, the people that do you do let in inside your home, the people yeah. that you do let inside, meaning your your business, the people you right. let inside to help you grow, and that can get tricky. You know, you really won't know if they were for real until it falls off and you see <laughs> the true intentions. But for me, you know. I trust in the way I, again, and the way I grew up and the mother that I grew up with and what I was taught and how to, and the experience, the little experiences that I've had with certain people, you know, I, I trust in all of that. So when I, we meet new people and I do let you in is because again, I can see, I can see something further for you and for ourselves, you know what I mean? And so, um, you'll, you'll never know until something bad happens, but I, I try to see the best in people. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. You know what? Let's switch gears up a, a little bit and, uh, let's talk a little bit about your music, uh, for the remainder of this interview. See, uh, your Instagram has been up so people can follow you there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your music. What can people expect from you 2021? A lot more of, uh, what can people expect? Ah, hermano. For, for you have visuals, a yeah. new album. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we can go with, so I was trying to think of a much deeper answer for you. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, like, like, like short term stuff or like literal stuff. Yeah, man, we have, we have more music videos in the hard drive, ready, shot, ready to go, promos ready to go. All I got to do is hit enter on the laptop. Okay. <laughs> ready to go. And by the way, um, as humbly as I can say this, they're great. <laughs> yo, I got records in my hard drive. Whew, cuidado, mi gente. Que cuando yo entro a la música, yo le entro bien. And we're planning the attack to make sure we drop those those music videos and those songs at the right time. The right time. Um, right now, we're building with Peligrosa and this other record that I love, Provocame. Uh, we're building with those two records, uh, Momentum. We've been building momentum this whole entire time, by the way. I've been releasing music videos and music throughout the pandemic. Yes. And, and now that things are starting to open back up, we got to keep going and build more momentum. Uh, so, yes, there's more music coming. But what can people expect from Haido in 2021 and beyond? You can expect, you guys can expect to continue to be true to the people, true to the music. Um, continue to inspire the people. Uh, not only if people want to make music, but in anything you want to do. 
we've talked about it this whole interview almost for an hour about how when you get told no, you gotta find a yes. It just means a yes somewhere else. Yeah. And I hope people get that from me. You know what I mean? In 2021 and beyond. It's not just about the music. I hope that when people see my interviews and see this one, that people get that also. So you can get a lot more, on you're gonna get a lot more music, yes. You're gonna get a lot more honesty. You're gonna get a lot of more good music for the people. Uh, that's, that's all I wanna bring. And the message is to do what you want. Hopefully you find your purpose and, and, and do what you want and know that it's not gonna be easy. You gotta do it for you. You gotta see your self-worth and, and and that's what that's what you can hear from Heido from 2021 and beyond, bro. Yeah, you know what? Um, the last interview that I did, I had a guy named Rashidi Harper, so much love, much respect to Rashidi Harper. He is the director and executive producer for the docuseries that just came out on Hulu and FX TV, uh, Hip Hop Uncovered. Mm. Uh, it's six of them. And mm. uh, the director, he sat right there, we talked. Cool. And he talked about finding your craft, you know, and uh, finding your passion and, and doing it with passion. And I like that Big. you have that. You have that you're doing it you love it, you you found your craft and you're doing it with passion, you, you're moving <laughs> forward, you're not taking no for an answer. Right. If you if you hear a no, you're gonna keep pushing till it's a yes. Si, senor. And that's what I wanna encourage and instill in listeners that whether you're an artist, whether you're an actor or whatever, keep it pushing. Yes. Keep, you know, just because somebody, for an example, say you brought your music to me and I say, hey, you know what, I don't, I'm not really feeling this, but you know what I will do? I know somebody that I know will like it. Mm -hmm. Now, just because somebody says, no me gusta or I'm not feeling it doesn't mean it's not good. Exactly. Keep going. Keep going, man. You know. So. Um I, I I the only father figure, if I may say, that I that I that I grew up with is this guy named Leslie Brown. He's a motivational speaker, still alive. I actually met him at the West End in Santa Monica. He had a like a event and I went and I like didn't go to work that day. <laughs> and he said, Somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Right, that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, somebody's opinion of you not liking your music in this example per se doesn't have to become your reality. There is a place for what you do, whatever, whatever it is, whoever you are. Whether if we're talking music, there's a place for you. You just have to continue, like you're saying. Somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Is the point I'm trying to make? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So for people that have been listening to this interview, or for those that just might have tuned in, yes. Can you kind of just uh, uh, recap what type of music that you do? Because I know you say you consider an urban, uh, um, uh, Latin urban artist. Latin urban artist. Uh, can you kind of just share a little bit more about the music that you've done? Yes. You know, so of course, yeah. Um, for people re uh, tuning in, my name is Jairo from Mexico City, La Ciudad de México. Respeto a México, a mi gente. I uh, grew up in Minnesota. Um, I make Latin urban music and i'm pretty pretty good at it as humbly as i can say it <laughs> go check it out Hido experience is my youtube channel you will not be disappointed for those people that like that style of music and if you want something refreshing and new that that's something you've heard before but it's different i fully i believe i truly believe that's what i bring to the table um and i'm somebody who who's got a lot of drive who uh, wants to do only good and wants to inspire the youth to do whatever it is that they want to do like eminem inspired me juan gabriel inspired me we seen yandel have inspired me um you know that's what we're doing here and we're not gonna stop somebody somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality somebody's no just means somebody's yes somewhere else so continue to chase your dreams uh, hopefully my man right here can be an example as he has been all these years hopefully i can be an example as well you know and uh aquí estamos activos representando la música buena el género urbano y este que iba a mexico <laughs> atacando sin miedo now let me ask you this uh, might be a goofy question, but uh, I like to ask goofy questions sometimes. Mm -hmm. You enjoy filming videos? You mean shooting music videos? Yes. 
it's a what we call in Minnesota. I don't know if they say it here. It's a catch twenty two. A catch twenty. You know what a catch twenty two is? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like something good, but it's also something bad, right? Okay. At the same time, so a catch twenty two is like. Um, whatever you have to drive this 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 car but uh you know and it'll get you to where you're going but it's it's on flat wheels so you'll be like yeah it's a car but it'll get me there it's just not gonna be a very comfortable ride that's a catch 22. it's the same thing uh, let me move this back we're shooting music videos like i explained to you throughout this interview i um i come up with the video treatments all of them so far come up with the video treatments from scratch the budgets how much you go into it how much you're not going it how the model should look direct and produce all my music videos, which videographer, go through a hundred video. I remember I came up here, zero connections. I've had to go through hundreds of videographers on Instagram until I found the right one or a couple. I had to go through a hundred behind the scenes photographers until I found the right one or a couple of them. <laughs> so it comes with a lot of work. It's come with a lot of work. And when it's time to shoot those music videos, because I just know the vision, I just, and it's not because I want to do everything. That's not what it is. Um, I actually have a small team, uh, a, a small team that does help me out. Again, Santos, my, my business partner is one of them who helps me assist project manage all of my music videos so far. He and I work together and there's a bunch of other uh, uh, right. people that help out. I just don't do it by myself. Behind the scenes photographer, a videographer, a models, pro pro uh, project, um, uh, assistant project managers, and then production assistants. But as far as the vision and what it is, what it needs to be, bro, I'm like, this is what we're gonna do. You ever seen Ocean's Eleven when they're planning the, the plan? Right, 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 That's literally right. what we do. Like, it's like, and I'm like, bro, this is what we're doing. Boom, 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 boom. I need your help to execute it though. What I'm trying to get that to answer your question is, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love shooting videos. It's, it's, it, it's, because it's like, I'm getting closer to my dream. Dope. I'm getting closer to showing you what's in my mind. You know what's really crazy about directing my own videos? It's in here, bro. Está aquí. Y después hago el trabajo, el equipo de trabajo, yo juntos hacemos el, hacemos el trabajo, y después está en la pantalla, y lo estoy viendo. And I'm like, yo, we did that, man. Like, that shit lived in my mind. Do you know how crazy, do you get what I'm trying to say right now, bro? Like, that is so fucking crazy to me. And so I love shooting him. Pero vienen con mucha responsabilidad. Yeah. Vienen con mucho trabajo, amigo. Yo sudo mucho, mucho, mucho. Countless nights staying up to three in the morning when I know the rest of my guys as they should because they're, they, you know, they're, they're probably sleeping. Right. But the night before the video, I'm up to three in the morning. <laughs> I gotta go pick up the lights. I gotta go get this, be on the phone with the model agency, the boom, boom, and the whole thing. Entonces viene con mucha responsabilidad. So it's like, kind of like a catch 22. Okay. I love doing it, but it's, uh, it comes with a lot of responsibility. But I like it. That's dope. Porque cuando es duro y veo el producto final, my team and I can be happy of it and be like, yo, we did that. Well, there's this video that's gonna come out that's called Obsession. Tú eres mi obsesión. Para que tú y tus amigas se vayan de rumba. Tony loves that song. When we Remember Santos when we saw that video for the first time when I got it back from the videographer? We were at my boy's uh, office and we were watching that music video. And we were speechless the whole time. That's when you know it's good. And it finished, and we looked at each other, and we gave us and we gave each other a hug. Remember that? <laughs> we just gave each other the biggest hug, and like, yo, we did that shit. When's that coming out? Sometime this year. Okay. We're building momentum with Provocame right now in Peligrosa. And um, long story short, to answer your question, I love it, but it comes with a lot of work. Um, but that, but that's just the, the that's just the way the game is. Okay. Now, with that being said, we come to the end of our interview. So let me ask you two things. Anything I didn't ask you. That I should that we should have brought up. No, hermano, ah, you 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 are asking some really cool questions, and and no, I think I think you covered most of it. There's really nothing. There's really nothing, man. Uh, you you did a great job in, in, in asking, and 
And you actually made me think about some stuff there, Darian Parker, who I haven't mentioned in any interview. And I totally forgot about that, bro. We were reaching the root. And I think it was one of my first times saying on camera, saying that hip hop is my foundation. Right. Uh, I, like, I know I make Latin urban music, so Hispano y de Mexico, pero lo que es rap me hizo empezar. Yeah. Jay-Z, Eminem, 50 Cent, Nelly, ECE. Come on, man. Kara's one, bro. Like, Run DMC, like, bro like <laughs> the core of Haido is hip-hop you know yeah. it's just it's just it's just obviously i i portray it in a different way so no man you i i think we've covered most of it awesome. and once again i want to thank your team your team right here behind the scenes they, they were super cool they introduced they introduced themselves to me yo my name is so and so Poop, thank you come thanks for coming y tú igual thank bien, you. bien bien este, bien buena onda como vimos en México thank bien buena onda and I, and, and I appreciate that and for asking honest questions and um, I couldn't be happier to be alive man <laughs> like I don't know man I'm here aquí estamos activos with, uh, with that being said any shout outs you want to give before we uh, go to our yes, next yes I want to give a shout out to you I want to give a shout out to your show to your team I want to give a shout out to Tony Rocks who, uh, who is the PR here thank you for connecting me with this amazing podcast mi amigo Santos my business partner thank you for everything that you do shout out to my mom Gracias a ti por todo lo que me has dado Y a la gente que está viendo The listeners I hope you guys enjoyed this Shout out to you Thank you for watching this And uh, hopefully They got something out of this Because we talked more than just music right. Obviously yes. Right It was more than just music And for those who want to be artists Understand that it's just more than music If you want to be in the music business If you want to make music And put it up on YouTube And on your SoundCloud Nothing wrong with that Do it I hope you find it fun Pero para la gente que está en el negocio de la música Es más que la música Y todo poquito a poquito everything little by little you build your blocks you find your team and you and you come across really really cool people thank you my brother yo shout out to all of you aquí estamos activos que iba a México ella quiere pura ragata ragata go check me out Haido Experience on my on my uh, YouTube channel Haido Experience aquí estamos it was an experience thank you aquí estamos gracias awesome hey you guys uh, my special guest just walked in and my special guest uh, you know what? Uh, call up everybody. Make sure you call somebody, take somebody, slap shit out somebody, let them know that <laughs> MC Pancho just walked in the motherfucking building. That's right. Idol, thank you, my brother. Gracias. 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio, episode 143. And uh, my very special guest that's here to hang out with me, a uh, good, close friend of mine, he hasn't been here for at least a whole year. So I thought it was time for him to come back and chop it up with me. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my friend, MC Pancho. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Actually, it was New Year's of 2020. You were just saying that right now. Right before the COVID. Wow, right before everything hit, before the whole world took a turn on us. I know. I know. We and were locked up for a minute, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have. You know, it's funny. Yeah. The, the, I think the last time, correct me if I'm wrong, the last time I seen you was at the Regent Scam Jam. Yeah, we hung out at, no, my birthday. My you're, you're birthday, right. my the, birthday. That's right. Ninety nine bottles. That was the last time we were out together. And before that, September twelfth, we were hanging out at Scam and Jam. We were, we're having blue out. drinks. Yeah, <laughs> blue tongues. After oh, that, oh shit, dude. We had some good times. And, yeah. and I remember you brought up Sparky. The last drink that I had before I left, he had bought me another blue drink. Uh, oh wow, uh, what's it called? Adios. Uh, Darius. Yeah, okay. Adios, mother. Yeah. And I drank like, that shit uh -huh. dude and i i think i called you the next day dude i don't know how i made it home yeah i i wish i would have known but i'm glad you made it home <laughs> you know what i mean yeah we'll leave it at that i actually we'll had it pulled over twice wow wow you know yeah. slap yeah. myself put water over my yeah. face i was like fuck <laughs> but uh yeah. it was good though mm -hmm. now let me ask you this i know that they're saying that 
starting tomorrow, things are going to somewhat open up. Uh-huh. Have you heard anything? Because I know you host the Scam and Jam. Uh-huh. Have you heard? Well, actually, Scam and Jam, I'm just really just a guest there. They, okay. They've always showed me love, but um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Have no, you no, heard no. anything like yeah. as far as that? Um, well, I haven't heard anything on Scam and Jam, and I know that's one of yours or mine favorite spots to just chill and listen to music. Um, but I will be doing 99 Bottles. I'll be back at 99 um, for actually mine and Chamarita's anniversary. So oh, we're okay. hoping you could join us. Yeah, that's going to be fun. big. That'll be the last Saturday of this month. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I've yeah. got a few offers. Um, I'm actually doing uh, the Taurus Empire Super Show in Dallas. But Texas right now is full blown. They're just partying like, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, I'll be doing that. So I've, I've got a few, um, you know, um, invites and offers to host a few events. Yeah. You know. I, I'm really dying to get out because you know what? When when I used to go to Scam Jam and hang out with you, um, that was like our time to talk. Especially because the whole night was like all funk, yeah, know? yeah, freestyle music. It was like so dope. It was like for me, like going back in time. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, I love that. I remember we would hear a song or we were to hear the mixes. Yeah, we'd be critics, you and I. <laughs> I'm not gonna say who would criticize, and it wasn't you, Angie V. I love you, girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'd criticize. We're like, no, I wouldn't have done it like that. I would have blended it, or I would at least echoed it out or did this. And I and it took us back. I mean, because we both are from that same era of you know the shoot uh, San Marico halls and yeah. you know all the different spots. You know, and it, it just took us back to to that era. You know, I, I and I really enjoyed. Trying it up with you likewise you know. i remember one time you were looking at the dj and i was standing behind you and then i heard the blend come in and it sounded like a pair of shoes in a dryer okay <laughs> and then you turned around and you go come on tony uh, yes we're, we're critics <laughs> when it comes to that because we both done that you <laughs> know Been there, yeah done yeah now now let me ask you this i know i know you always working you know you're always busy uh hey, do you ever get a chance to watch anything on tv i knew you're gonna ask me this and um actually the only thing that we we have um ion the ion channel so we really appreciate that channel it's one of the free channels that's on direct tv and um you know it's got all that criminal minds law and order and we're hooked on hawaii 50 right now and yeah. not not the old ones from our era but right, the ones right. that came out the the newer ones so that's what we've been watching and uh, it comes out on fridays and they do it like uh I don't know how many hours straight. So Chamanita's even like, I think I'm gonna take off work today just to watch it. It's like watching novelas, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. So yeah, so that's the only thing. But other than that, my whole life took a turn with this COVID. Cause as you know, when I was hosting or emceeing, whatever we want to call it, I'd come out at nine o'clock Friday and I'd come home Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Do it again Saturday. And then sometimes Sunday I'd do a show. Now I'm going to bed at nine o'clock and I'm waking up at three, four in the morning to get to, you know, to get to the dispatch hall. So everything's taking a change on me. It's complete opposite. Wow. You know? Now, are you looking forward to redoing that all over again or? You know, I needed a break. I really did. And um, it, it gave me enough time. You know, as you notice, I, I didn't really post anything up during this whole time. I wasn't posting much. And for a lot of simple reasons, number one, I was fortunate to be working, blessed to be working. Other people weren't. So I'm like, how could I show myself working every day and other people aren't? They got it real bad. And it just, I don't know, it, it I didn't go through a depression period or anything. Everybody was like, are you okay? Are you sick? They thought I had COVID. They thought everything, you know? And I go, no, I'm just not doing anything. You know, after, after COVID really shut us down, I wasn't doing much but work, you know. So right. I, I kind of look at it like a really boring, <laughs> regular <laughs> life, you know. And, and we weren't, we, I mean, we were still eating, but we'd order out. We weren't, you know, there was no outside dining or anything like that. So we weren't showing our food videos we like before. Um, we were hanging out, enjoying our time in our backyard. And then um, once I just went full-blown six, seven days a, a week working, 
Um, that's all I was doing was coming home, going to bed early, waking up early. And that's what I've been doing for the last uh, couple of months. The last time we really did it up was, well, September, you know, my birthday. Right, right. Yeah. I enjoyed myself because yeah. we were at least outside. Right. Know, we were at least doing something. Right. You know, but uh, like for me, being a guy that's lived his life out on the streets, like a lot of us, you know, uh -huh. I found it really, really hard being home, man. Uh -huh. I, I was one of those rebellious guys. I'm going to the park. Yeah. I'm going to go do dips. I'm going to go do push-ups. Uh -huh. I'm going to go do sit-ups. I just cannot be home. Uh -huh. And I'll be honest, I used to cruise by my gym, <laughs> hoping I would see somebody that I let me in. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But tomorrow, I heard that they're going to be reopening the Carson gym, uh -huh. uh, uh, where you can go in now. Oh, good. And good. I've been dying for that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I know how much you like, you enjoy the gym, and it shows, you know. Thank you, man. It shows, yeah. Uh, now, the reason why I ask is, because have you watched anything lately? Because on Netflix, I like to usually recommend people uh, watch certain things. Uh, not only do I want to give a plug to my friend Rashidi Harper, he's the guy that I just recently interviewed. He's the director and executive producer of Hip Hop Uncovered. Oh, wow. It's a wow. six series, just came uh -huh. out like last month. Really, uh -huh. really good. And what he does, he goes around pretty much and gets all the people that were behind the scenes that put up all the money for all these rappers to do what they do. Uh -huh. oh. So that's what it was, it was really, really different. Uh -huh. And um, so this one, the one I just watched, is called Crack. Uh -huh. I see, that's what it's just called, it's called Crack. And what it is, it's almost, I feel like it was almost an extension of that docu-series. Uh -huh. And this one, it goes back to the beginning of Crack, and then they also in incorporate a lot of hip hop because that uh -huh. almost like came up together. Yeah, yeah. You know? But you being from the Harbor area and knowing the crack epidemic. <laughs> well, the first time, I, I don't even know where this question was going. I'm just, well, the first time, I'm gonna say the first time I smoked crack, <laughs> but the first time I, I heard that term, I remember I was in the 10th grade and I would hear five oh double up mobile five oh double right. up mobile and who wants to be a rock star who wants to be a rock star what the hell is that you know and yeah it I seen it take so many people down you know I I grew up around um, the heroin you know my brother died of an overdose of heroin and I've lost uh, three uncles and God about five or six cousins to that so I seen that in my whole life that that was what I you know witnessed and grew up real close to that. Um, but the crack when that came, yeah, that was something else, a different lingo. You, you had to understand. It reminded me kind of, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the series, The Wire. And The Wire had their own, uh, they were in Baltimore and they had their own, uh, lingo of, uh, yellow top, yellow top, different, you know, and you'd have to like, what the hell are they talking about? You know, <laughs> and that was, uh, it took me back to the, the crack era, you know, yeah. the five O double ups. So, so watching that documentary, I, I just thought it was a pretty dope documentary if anybody wants to watch it, but mm -hmm. it, it, it's about a, maybe about an hour, maybe 15 minutes long, but it's really in depth. Uh -huh. And I really like what this one guy said. He was an ex drug dealer that did his time, came out, they interviewed him. But he said something that was really key, and I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. He said, man, in the 80s, he said, man, he goes, he goes, I loved, you know, smoking cigars, he said. And you know what the crazy thing is, man? He goes, as much as money as I had, I couldn't get not one damn Cuban cigar <laughs> in the U.S. He goes, but we get tons of crack. Uh, yeah, 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 Cuba. I, I, you know, I'm a cigar smoker, and that's true. At, at, at one time, it was so hard to get Cuban cigars. I remember Chamarita, I think got my first one, and she paid 100 bucks for it. I mean, he paid 100 bucks, and she gave it to me for, I think, my birthday or Valentine's Day or something like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. So, But that documentary is actually yeah. pretty good. Do they show the Batarang in there? Yeah. They, oh, yeah. okay. That's Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what's crazy? Because that's a lot of times we say words that just 
this generation probably doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, remember strawberry? She's a berry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You strawberry, know? strawberry is good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think in New York it was a she's a skeezer. You know, yeah, they were you skeezer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's crazy how we have so many words yeah. have changed. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I remember when I first heard clucker. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you're a cluckhead. Yeah, you're a cluckhead. You're a clucker. Yeah, and then it came to Jonesy. Oh, she's Jonesy. Yeah, she's Jonesy. <laughs> oh, man. man. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I remember one time, okay? Um, I, I've never seen any other block. Back in the day, we call it, they were rolling over, or they were balling over there. Uh-huh. Went to Old Street right here in Ghost Town. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, shoot, it was maybe 86, 87. Uh-huh. I went to go visit one of my friends that happened to live right there. I'm not gonna lie to you, that one street, I was there just hanging out with them on his porch. It looked like a damn swap meet. Wow. Of people wow. just. Yeah. And yeah. I could <laughs> not believe it. Yeah. I was like, this, you know, they, they're balling yeah. out here. Yeah. You know, but, and then eventually, sad to say, you know, the gang thing comes in, you're short stopping somebody, you know, you're over here, you know, taking my cell away, yeah. bap, bap, bap. Yeah. Yeah. Every week, whether you're for women, that and turned through. a lot of people against each other, the, you know, over money and greed. Yeah. 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 So, so, anyways, uh, I, I said that I brought that up because in this documentary, they just showed a lot of that, how a lot of people were, you know, yeah. killing. I got to check other. that out. Uh, and that's on Netflix? Yeah, it's called okay. Crack. Okay. I don't you have know. Netflix, but we do plan on getting it. You know. You, you know, it's funny, man. Uh, um, I, I I like to bring up a lot of old stuff with you because uh, I like the nostalgic feel that every time we vibe, we talk about whether it's music, whether it's cars or whether mm-hmm. it's a style that was back then. For an example, went to the junkyard uh, before this pandemic hit, and I saw Dayton's. Oh, man, that's, you know, Tony, that's all I have on every car, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but Dayton's and Vogue's, even on, on the Escalade, those are Dayton's, you know, they're 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 a different style of Dayton's, but yeah. And we would always say, oh, that shit's tight, it's sitting on Dayton's. <laughs> you know, my mom would say that till the end. Is that sitting on Dayton's? <laughs> yeah. That's dope, man. man. So I see these Dayton's, and I just happened to ask her, like, hey, how much for them? He goes, oh, mm-hmm. 300 okay for, for four of them okay? uh-huh. and i'm looking at them, i'm thinking about just buying them having them cleaned up and uh-huh. just having them in here for some reason. yeah yeah okay and you know here's what it made me think how many people are doing life or smoking somebody for their date for the killer datings and yeah. now they're like 300 dollars that are yeah. freaking junk wow cars. wow and you didn't get them no, no, I just oh, said, you know man, what? I wish you would have called me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I, I was just like, no, nah, you know what? Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just hold up. But uh, And there were gold ones. And the guy they were just, the gold yeah, ones? The, the guy just wanted to get rid of them. Wow. He said, dame tres, dame wow. tres. Give wow. me three. And I was like, nah, it's Tony, okay. if I was to tell you how much the gold ones go for now. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're. I'm working on something and I'm, or, you know, I like to save. So, yeah. <laughs> I won't say too much right now, but I'm just going to say Chamarita has been very good with me. Those of you that know who that is, that's my wife. And she has a special gift coming that I made a promise. And um, yeah, them go datings cost a lot. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Wow, a lot, it, a lot. Maybe a it ain't gonna be go datings. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But yeah, they 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 skyrocketed like ridiculously. Skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. Okay, like for an example, the SP twelve hundred, the drum machine. Yeah, okay. I seen that with you and Ralph. Yeah. That one right now. I mean, I put out an ad on my Facebook and my Instagram that I'm looking to buy one. Uh huh. Now keep in mind, you guys, those of you guys that are listening, when that drum machine first came out. 2000 2500 sometimes mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. you got these crazy guys on ebay 
9,000, 10,000, 15,000. Wow, that's how much there. Wow. Yeah. So I could understand the value in Dayton stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I guess, I guess if I see them, I'll call you yeah, up and I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, please. And if I come across an SP 1200, you already know, I'll get the word out there. You, you, At you know, a, re a decent, reasonable yes. price. You, you know what car I want to buy and I want to fix up is, uh, I hope I get the year right. I think it's a 1965 Lincoln Continental with the suicide doors. Oh, with the doors. Yeah, yeah. Those are nice. I Those really, really, nice. really yeah. want to buy one of them yeah. and fix it up. Yeah. You know, but uh, I saw one and it was it was like a rust bucket, uh -huh. but the guy wanted $15,000 and inside it was tore uh, up. And I was like, nah, dude. Yeah. Hells no. Nah. Yeah. You know, I'd rather buy the drum machine for $15,000 <laughs> for that shit. But uh, yeah. other than that, what... Uh, you you said you haven't really been doing too much, Pancho. But last time that we were here uh, was over a little bit over a year ago because that, you were my first guest on 2020. Yeah, it was New Year's Day. It was New Year's Day. One thing you said you were going to bring or you forgot to bring, you said you still had your mixtape covers. Oh, yeah. I wish I would have brought that. Damn it. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. for those that may not know, you used to do mixtapes in the 80s. Yeah, the Harbor Area Sounds. The they, were, they were like a takeoff on like, well, you know, the East Side Story. So I did one for the Harbor Area and there were Harbor Area Sounds. And that was, I told you the, uh, the story on that from the last, um, the last interview. They were dedicated to a little girl that was handicapped from Wilmington. And uh, volume one, uh, the money I made went to her and never intended on doing, she was a whole inspiration yeah. of, of those cassettes. And I never intended on doing another one. And people were like, oh, are you come out with number two, with someone number three. And I ended up doing 30 of them, over 30 mixtapes, all on cassette. And then when CD came out, um, I had no idea what the hell a CD was. And I refused to bump CDs for about two or three years. Finally, when I did get a CD, like, hey, I got a CD player, you know, but I was still old school cassette. You know, and before that, of course, eight track. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think the only eight track that I have, somebody gave it to me, is the Jimi Hendrix. Oh wow, wow. I have that one. But as far as those cassettes, like I still have my mixtapes mm -hmm. from back then. Do you still have your collection? I have a couple of my masters. Out of thirty of them, I might have about maybe fifteen of my masters. Yeah. Okay. And you know, mind you, then I was trying to rap so um i'd you know do my intros and rap on them and and they were all on one take because it was all done with um the new mark mixer you have now and uh instrumentals of course and you know it wasn't like you could punch in and if you mess up it was like okay we got to get it on one yeah that sounds good let it go even though i messed up <laughs> it's all right let it go let it go <laughs> i look back and i'll play them every now and then when i had a you know a tape deck and i'm like oh god is that how i sounded you know, but hey, that's, you know, that's history right there. Yeah, it is. That's I, history. I remember one day we couldn't get, Dre was supposed to come to our house and do our, do our intro, you know, mm -hmm. do like an eight bar rap. Uh -huh. And he didn't make it. So Steve goes, you do it, uh -huh. you know, uh, being Steve Yano. And I was like, I don't know what to say. I ain't gonna inter I'm, I am gonna interrupt you, the broken wrist and and, and all that. <laughs> I, I know that, she told me where, you know, you didn't think I was gonna finish this tape with a broken wrist and, and something else, something fingers or something. Right, yeah, right. I know that intro, I know that intro. Cause yeah. you did it. And then I started hearing, hey, he's talking on there. Cause you know, we had never met, you know, for those of you that don't know me and Tony didn't, you know, we knew of each other, but we just right. never, you know, and wow, it's weird how many years later, but I've always admired you and respected you. And I had your, your collection and I would just always say like, how in the hell is this guy doing that? I can never. <laughs> and then I, it was funny cause I invested in a four tracker and there was a spot right there by, I want to say Al Camino college. Do you remember right across the street that sold uh, uh, turntables and mixers? It was a little, little small place. I had that shit on layaway, Tony, on layaway. Yeah, why, why? And I lost it. I lost it cause I got carried away and laid away too much stuff. 
And I remember they ended up moving and they kept contacting me. I mean, back then we didn't have, you couldn't page somebody. They'd call the, the landline and, you know, hey, your layaway is here. We're going to move. And I lost it. But I had a four track on wow. layaway. That's crazy to say layaway because there's a lot of people today that don't know what that is. You know, if there's still places that do to this day, I will lay something away because I know I'm close to getting it. You know, I abused credit bad, <laughs> but I paid off off pretty much all my credit cards during COVID, you know, because like I said, I was working. That's all I was doing. And we weren't going out and partying and spending money. So, you know, I did pay off a lot of stuff and I'm 50 years old now and I can't do that again. So I'm a little bit too old, to, right, you know, right. but yeah, but I will lay away if there's something I could still lay away. Then I know I got a goal and I'm close to getting it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, I used to like layaway, and, uh -huh. and like you said, if there's some places that do that. I will still do it, uh -huh. you know. But I, I will say something. Somebody, it was a couple of years ago, because I believe I got on Instagram. Uh, I want to say mid 2017 when we first started filming the documentary, uh -huh. and I remember somebody sent me a post of yours. Uh -huh. Now, somebody kept telling me what they would text me and say, check your DM. I didn't know what the hell the DM was because uh -huh. I was new. I, I, I made a transition from Facebook to Instagram. So I didn't really know Instagram too well. And he could check uh -huh. your DM, check your DM. I don't know what the hell that is. So uh -huh. he sent me a screenshot and he circled up there. Uh -huh. So I clicked on it and it was a, a, a post that you had did, I guess. It was, um, if I'm correct, I believe either you had a jersey or something. They said something right here. Uh, um, like you, you were put in either Harbor area. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. What did you want to talk about on that one? Well, you were like, I believe on, on, a on the tables. Yes. I was on the turntable. I was still DJing. Yes. That was before I was, well, no, I was already MC Poncho, but, um, I, you know, originally started off as DJ Poncho. So okay. I was DJing and those jerseys took off. I mean, I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of other Chicano rappers try to take credit and say that they were the first ones to represent their area. You know, maybe they were to represent their area. More power to them. Much love. But wearing the jersey with your area on it, I got a picture that's in the in the history books of me and Easy E, and I, a lot of people don't even know that's me because my face is completely different. Of course, I didn't have the tattoos, and I was, God, I want to say about nineteen. Yeah. So I'm fifty years old, and I my mom bought me those jerseys. She would get them for me every year. And there's a story with those jerseys. She put Harbor Area on the front, MC Poncho in the back. Sixty nine was the number in the back, or sometimes thirteen. And I remember she'd get them for me every year for either my birthday or Christmas. And, I, you know, it was during the mixtape time, so that was cool. You know, I mean, that's how far back those jerseys go. I had every color. Uh, they're the, what are they, tackle twill? They're stitched on. Yeah. And um, there was a point where I felt like I was, I didn't complete what I was supposed to do, you know, to make it out there and, and get signed to a legit label and just do it. So I told her, don't give me those no more. And she's like, why? I go, there's no more MC Poncho. I'm done. And then she's like, what do you mean? And I go, I'm done. And I know we didn't talk about this the last time, I don't think. And I was 27 at the time. So this is 1997. I hung up the the jerseys and I'm like, I'm finished. I'm not, you know, she's like, are you serious? I go, yeah, I'm, not, I'm done. I don't know how to do a damn CD. And these cassettes got me so far, you know, and I'm cool with that. But I still got my day job, you know, so that that was it. I, I hung it up. I was completely done. And, uh, well, years later, you know, we talked about the story of Japan and, um, I do the, the mixtape, the anniversary, which is the CD, my first CD, which was in uh, 2008. And I go to Japan, I take those jerseys with me. And I took like, I think I had four of them and I gave them out to Japanese people there. I threw them out to the crowd. I gave them to the people I got close to during that one tour and never thought I'd be back. 
and um well i went back for five more five more tours <laughs> off of 1988 songs that i did as a kid Wow. you know but That's yeah awesome. but those jerseys yeah tony those jerseys were you know and it's weird because every story ties in with my mother yeah she bought me those jerseys well, yeah. she'd get me one every year well that and a pair of uh goto tube socks from jc pennies <laughs> true story true story and a penalty and a Pendleton, yeah. I have those kind of socks yeah, on right now. Yeah. As a matter of fact. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> well, but you, you know what's crazy though? Because when somebody sent me that post of you, mm -hmm. uh, I, I saw you on the turntables and I saw the harbor area and I was like, what am I looking for? And he told me, read it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you like will read, write like a long paragraph under your yeah, I used to put stories with my pictures. Yes, yes, I did. Yes. So I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm reading it. And then I came across my name. Uh -huh. And you know what? It really, really humbled me. Like it truly did because like you i never thought my mixtapes would go anywhere because i'm mm -hmm. doing them in my room with a japanese man that he pays me 200 bucks takes them home and then i wasn't even going into swami hanging out with him at the time mm -hmm. but he would call me up maybe about three weeks later i got some no some more records mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna come by okay cool i wasn't hearing no street buzz but i remember when he told me in 1987 uh and the name of the mixtape our first mixtape was called breakdown and he said, by this time next year, he said, you're gonna, your name's gonna be known all over the streets. And I said, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I don't care. Just give me my 200, yeah. uh -huh. you know, but for you to have recognized me and to, cause you didn't even have to mention my name. Uh -huh. It was a real humbling experience for me. And, and I always thank people. I, I've never been to withhold giving credit where credit is due. Uh -huh. And you didn't withhold that. So that right. was, that was uh, humbling for me. I have DJed, I have produced songs, I have choreographed shows for a lot of well-known platinum artists. Mm -hmm. And when they do interviews, do you think they ever mention yeah, me? Yeah, I've been there too, Tony. And you just, you know, like I said, I, it was mandatory to give you that because you had that coming and you were a true inspiration. You know what I mean? Like you said, those were in 87. My tapes came out in 88. You know, although I was making cassettes back when I was, I want to say like in Dana, off of just, you yeah. know, the home uh, with the cassette deck and the turntable, you know, no name, just for, you know, older guys in the neighborhood, I would do off my 45s. But you, when I heard you, I was like, wow, that you were, you were an inspiration. Thank you. You know, and you still are to this day. This Thank is you. the platform right here. Yeah. You Thank know, you, you know, uh, 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 another, another friend from the Harbor area, Mr. Cartoon, Oh, um, that's that's the homie right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He released that LA Originals. Did you get right. a chance to watch it? No, because I don't. <laughs> I don't have Netflix. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Maybe you got to get the the Fire Stick. You know, yeah. or or something. Well, yeah. I never thought I'd be home this much to watch the. You know, right. and and still, like I said, I'm really not home much because I work in the day, and then I'll come home and you know we'll watch a little bit of TV, and other than that, I'm in bed pretty early. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, if I have to twist your arm, what's the 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 last great movie you've seen oh my god the last great movie that i've seen um shit tony i, I like at the movie theater <laughs> um yeah, i don't care if it's a vhs or blu-ray let's get back to that one because we're going to do a lot of pausing time like um god i can't even think of a, a of a real good movie that i've seen did you ever there. watch the irishman no i haven't seen that one either i haven't seen that one wow yeah Okay, yeah. that, that one's a good one. Yeah. I, 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 I heard it. I heard it is. So, yeah. Some people said it, that it was too long, but to see like, uh, 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 Robert De Niro and uh, Homeboy um, Al Pacino, mm -hmm. Joe Pesci all together. Mm -hmm. Good good movie. Okay, no, I take that back. I got it. And Conejo's probably saying, really, Pancho? The Tax Collector. The oh. Tax Collector. I, I really, you know, Conejo, me and Conejo go way, way back. And um, I, I seen that. 
I, th- and, I think that was a, you got to the yeah. drive-in, huh? Yeah, and a documentary on the Olympic Auditorium that that's out now. And a lot of people that that shows a lot of history. My dad boxed out of originally the Wilmington Bowl, and then the Olympic Auditorium. You know, my dad was a professional boxer, so um, and my mom and dad would go to the fights. You know, and my dad would sit with Mickey Cohen. I've told the story before on him. He was you know an alley gangster and a uh, dear friend of my mom and dad's. So um, I got invited to just recently a documentary that they did on that. And that was really good. Now, I know you like documentaries, too. Yeah, That's yeah. something to see because, you know, I took two of the fellas from from the crew that, you know, we, we hang out and they were like, wow, there was a lot that they didn't know about, you know, that we all learned on, on watching that. And, and we were especially invited to the premiere of that. Wow. So, so, so is the Olympic Auditorium documentary already out? Yes. Yes, it was. We just seen that um, at the same drive-in that we've seen the tax collector at. Um, I want to say what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It, it, it's funny because it's weird that you're bringing that up because this gentleman Rashidi Harper, who I interviewed, I guess somebody that shoots uh, pictures for him, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hit me up on Instagram and told me he loved the interview. I went on his page, and he's he, I guess on there he was saying he was a part of making oh. the Olympic Auditorium. So. I went on the, the website and it uh-huh. was the Olympic Auditorium uh, uh, promotional page for uh-huh. the documentary. Uh-huh. And yeah. but you have to see that, Tony. I, I'm gonna have to yeah, see it because yeah. I seen Andre the Giant live there. Okay, they oh okay they well they talked about him. You know, went from the boxing to the um, to the concert. It covered everything that took place there. Yeah, and I was fortunate to go there. I seen who did I see there? Tina Marie. I seen uh, Bretton Wood. Um, God, I, I seen a killer concert there at the Olympic Auditorium. That's I'll never awesome. forget. Yeah, did, did they mention uh, Julio Cesar Chavez fought there? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They 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 covered just about everything and all, all our local fighters like Mondo Ramos and Raul Rojas and you know that we have out of the area, Joy Urbio. Um, they they talked of you know it 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 covered a lot and the fact that knowing that I would hear these stories from my mom and dad yeah. you know I remember one time my mom was telling me that um, they used to pee in the cups or and then when, when it was a bad call like you know somebody got robbed from the fight or it wasn't a good fight you know people were just dancing around and the guys in the back would pee in the cups and throw them down <laughs> at the people in the front that's why my mom, mom didn't like sitting in the front or ringside because they would get hit with piss and she would tell me and they called it the chicken coop in the back and I, so I, I want to talk through this whole documentary while we're all sitting, you know, there's four of us sitting in the car in, in the drive-in. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can tell you a story about that. Finally, I just had to shut up. I got to let you guys watch it. Because, you know, I'm telling the stories that I heard growing up as a kid that my mom and they're saying the same thing. And I'm like, okay, I can talk on this, you know. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I heard it from, you know, my mom. I, I remember when my dad took me to go see uh, Andre the Giant and Gorman and Goliath. And they were fighting against the Hollywood Blondes and some karate mm-hmm. dude. It was three uh-huh. against three. Uh-huh. But seeing Andre the Giant, yeah. well, I mean, we had nosebleeders, though. Yeah. But seeing walking down the aisle, walking, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. The hell? And I seen his documentary. His documentary is actually very, very good, too. Uh-huh. It actually makes you cry, man, because that dude was just a big, big dude, man. Uh-huh. Uh, they go back to his home, and they actually still have his chair that they made for him. Oh, wow. His mom got scared because he wouldn't stop growing. Uh-huh, yeah. You know? But, you know, the guy was like, they said uh, uh, he could drink cases and cases and cases of beer and not get buzzed. Wow. Because yeah. he was so big, I guess something just wasn't, yeah, yeah. making him, yeah. Yeah. It so, wasn't, yeah. But wow. here's what we're going to do, Pancho. We're going to go ahead and press pause right there. We're going to come back in 10 minutes. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about Chicano rap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, everybody, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that MC Pancho's in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 143, and I hope you guys got something to drink because it's going to get really good. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest of the night, my good friend, MC Pancho. Thank you, Tony. Okay, so we talked a li little bit about the Olympic Auditorium. We talked a little bit about boxing. I love all of that, all of that shit, man. I really d dig the Olympic Auditorium history, so hopefully I get to see that. Yes. You know, Maybe you can find out when they're going to air it again. No, I will. I will for you, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, uh, for those of you that are from L.A. or are not from LA, but the Olympic Auditorium is a historical, pretty much arena where either you box or you did concerts or, or what was it? Roller skate, the Thunderbirds were there, yeah. the roller derby, yeah. yeah. A lot, yeah. Lot, of, lot of history. Wrestling, yeah. And I think now, what is it? It's a church? It's something? a Korean church from what we found out through through that documentary, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Now, you know what, let's talk a little bit uh, about Chicano rap and the reason why is because, you know what, um, was it a while back we had started a GoFundMe, right. okay, um, uh, the, our documentary, uh, documentary was successful. Uh, many people saw it. They really liked it. I never got now one negative feedback. Mm -hmm. So here's what I said. I got my team together and I said, listen, why don't we put together a, a proposal to the fans that if they like the documentary, if they want to, would they be okay donating to mm -hmm. a Chicano rap documentary? Cause I do believe that there is a market out there. Right. And, um, uh, our goal was 15,000 and believe it or not, we met that in weeks and it's uh, pretty much almost at 20. Okay. So I'm thankful for that. Now, here's just a quick update for people that are always asking. Uh, we pretty much have filmed a lot of the B-roll footage, meaning for what, for people that don't know what B-roll footage is, say you're talking Pancho and you're saying, you know, I grew up in the streets of the Harbor area of San Pedro. So we show streets, right? Uh, you know, that's what B-roll right, footage right. is. We shot a lot of Jerome footage over a lot of different cities of where a lot of these artists that we're going to interview live mm -hmm. so we could show their city when we interviewed. That's, to me, that was somewhat the hard part because when I did the documentary, we did the interviews first and the B-roll last. And it being my directing debut, yeah. I was somewhat confused. I didn't know. This uh -huh. time around, I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, people see a documentary and they think they get all that footage just in one day. And now we're going to go to this block. And now we're going to go where this person. And then they'll realize, you know, you got to uh, you got to do it at a certain time when there's no traffic, when there's no, you know, activity going on. And right. it, it, it's time consuming. And weather. It's very time consuming. And the weather plays a very, very big role. Right. Yeah. And then the coronavirus hits. Oh, yeah. That, that puts a stop to, well, the whole world, period. Right. Everything. Everything. Right. So uh, uh, just to give you guys a quick update, we're moving forward with that. So, but with that being said, okay, uh, I'm going to present to you a question that a lot of people uh, have asked me, and I like to ask the artists as well this question about who is the face of Chicano rap. Now, here's how I want to present it. When people think of basketball, the first person they think of many times, it's either Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Uh -huh. When they think of, if you mention golf, They'll say, think Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Many times when they, you mention boxing, they'll think Muhammad Ali. Right. You know, one of the greats. Right. Now, so one of the questions that I want to present in this documentary is who is the face of Chicano rap? When I present that question, whether it's an inbox or whether it's a DM, people always tell me. And here are pretty much either five or six names that I get repeatedly. Let me give you mine first. Okay. <laughs> Kid Frost. Okay. Kid Frost. Yeah. Now, here's what the fans have said okay uh you brought up kid frost people would say uh this is who the uh, once again the fans kid frost king little g conejo uh when they say frank v the, the, it's proper those yeah i know frank v bro. um 
uh, it's a rich rock Spanish fly. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one more. Uh, did I mention Conejo already? Yes. Okay, uh, there was one more. But there was six of them. And I, I'm, God, I'm, I'm really bad at remembering this last one. Oh, uh, Toker from Brownside. Okay. Okay. So the majority of the ones that come back today, uh, when I ask them, who do you think? Mm-hmm. They, they'll always say, uh, King Little G, but though we don't see him as Chicano rap. But lately, within the last six months, it's been Conejo. Uh-huh. Okay. Sadly to say that nobody really mentions Frost. Mm-hmm. Now, why would you mention Frost? You know, La Raza, there, there's no song in in my eyes, in, in my ears, that could top that. You know, yeah. me and Frost uh, go way back. And, and, you know, we had our ups and downs. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we wouldn't. And even if we weren't talking at this point right now, and I couldn't stand the man, I still would have to give him his props and respect and tell him, you know, and, and tell you, um, he's the one, you know, that's the face, you know. Um, I remember when I was doing my mixtapes, I was up to volume six, and I used the instrumental of this for the Rasa for an intro, and I flowed to it. And and just seeing the video and seeing him out there with that campaign of, you know, this is for us, we didn't have anything like that. Right. You know what I mean? We didn't have anything like that. And and to hear that, like, that's that's the anthem for, for Chicanos right there. That's the anthem. You know, so, I mean, in my eyes and ears, um, I, I, I got to give it to him. He, he is, you know. Okay. Now, now uh, was a very dear friend of mine, and and we go way way back, and I I you know supported him since day one. Since I remember we met at the actually I I want to say it was here at the Pharaoh's Car Show. He uh, he had a booth there. He was selling his CDs. He had just came home, and um you know we supported and and, and it's funny because I didn't even tell him you know hey I used to do this <laughs> you know back I was already done I was right. already I didn't tell a lot of people that I had plugged in with because I felt in my, you know that I was a um, has been you know I never completed what I had you know set out to do you know so but um, yeah Conejo's an, another one but Frost and Frank V is a very dear friend of mine you know we're both uh, rolling with Southland at the same time uh, but Frost hands down okay. Now, I presented this question once again to a lot of people that when somebody asks me, who do you think the face is? I always turn the question back to them because it helps me with my research doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So the next question was, who is the face of, if you will, Chicana rap? Ah, Chicana rap. Um, if you want, I could give you the names first that people have well, submitted. Well, I mean, I know you had uh, the Neighborhood Queen. You had uh, quite a few that, you know, we could go by the pioneers mm-hmm. that did that. But I think the one that really put it out there, the most talented one, was probably Miss Crazy. Okay. You know what I mean? As far as, um, you know, skills and talent and just and just doing it, um, I'd have to give it to her, to okay. Miss Crazy. Yeah. So the names that, uh, and I think some of these people that are answering um, these, my question are pretty much looking at more of a popularity than mm-hmm. actual more of a either the face or a pioneering if you mm-hmm. will because they'll mention this is not in order but they'll mention jb of course mm-hmm. they'll mention miss crazy they'll mention uh even dolly girl mm-hmm. they'll mention reverie mm-hmm. they'll mention uh snow the product right right you know and i think these two last ones are pretty much not to take anything away from them but i think because they're very popular today yes so they think okay maybe on popularity that's the face right correct but you said miss crazy and i think mm-hmm. that one and JB and are, the neighborhood queen, yeah, those yeah, two are, yeah, are the ones yeah. that keep coming back to like uh-huh. because I want to document that on uh-huh. what the the fans say because uh-huh. ultimately uh, 
Tony G, when I interviewed him here, he said it best. He said, nobody knows what, what a hit is. The fans tell you what the hit is. Yeah, right. You know, because me and you could produce a song and we could say, hell yeah, every low low is going to be bumping. This, <laughs> this is the summer yeah. anthem. Right. And, right. and it may get and it ain't gonna, yeah. two views yeah. on YouTube yeah. in a yeah. month. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, it's the people that, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that pretty much tell you, you know, that's, that's the hit. Now, um, as far as Chicano rap, here you had Frost, a uh, 1990, mm -hmm. okay, and I'll include Mellow in this as well, even though he's not considered Chicano rap, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, bilingual rap, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Frost, Mellow came out the same year. Then you had uh, Proper Dose, Lighter Shade of Brown, uh, Toker the Brown Side, mm -hmm. okay. That's what most people, What I, I have to go back, Spanish Fly, Esther Rich Rock, including their eight, so 18 with the Bullet. That's what most people consider from the 90s, the foundation of Chicano rap. Now, I'm sharing this, what the public is saying, not what Tony is saying. Right. So that's what they say. Now, we had so many songs on the radio. Frost was on the radio, Mello was on the radio, uh, um, um, Lighter Shade Brown's on the radio, mm -hmm. Proper Dose was on the radio. You know, so we had Chicanos on the radio before I believe it was called Chicano rap. Right. Okay. So I saw, uh, for the sake of the conversation, I saw Chicano rap going up. Mm -hmm. in my opinion and in certain people's opinions that are about my age they will say around 2000s that's pretty much where it went stagnant mm -hmm. and it never picked up do you see any truth to that it well there's no support in it amongst ourselves and i've seen it for you know firsthand um i stepped back into the game in in 2008 you know, and everybody that was involved in this, what we call Chicano rap, I funded a lot of CDs, Tony. That's one thing you, you've never heard. And by funding, I means I asked an artist, I'm not gonna put no names out there, but you guys know who you are. There's quite a few that I funded. And why can't you put your CD out? What, what's stopping you? I don't got a thousand dollars or, I think it was 900, 800. And, and I'm gonna break the whole game down right, right real quick. It's um, a thousand CDs for back then, 800 bucks. Yeah. Shrink wrapped and everything. You flip those CDs, you sell them for 10, 15, some people even 20 bucks. You're gonna make some bank there. These guys didn't have that money. So I'm not an investor. I'm not, I'm not a guy that's trying to you know invest money. And I was like, I had the money at the time. I was doing pretty good, really good. You know what I mean? Um, I was like, that's what's holding you back is $800 to put out a thousand cities. Well, here's 800 bucks. Well, what do you want out of it, Pancho? So just give me, I don't know, give me a hundred of them. You got 700 bucks. Next thing you know, I'm on the CD, executive producer, MC Pancho. Next person comes up to me because Pancho's a generous guy. He's letting people use his jewelry, wear his chain, wear his, uh, drive his car, and we're shooting videos at his house. Wow. So, uh, oh, you can look at that. You can see all the videos and, and how, how often my car was used. So, um, next person, hey, can you help me out with that? Yeah, all right, you know, I did. I made a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen for people in this Chicano rap game, which is a very ungrateful game. I, I'm glad you brought this up. And um, not one thank you. I think one, one thank you, Jay Knuckles, shout out to you out in the 805 area. Hit me up one day, I think like at three in the morning. And he goes, you know what? I just want to thank you for what you did. Cause yeah, I funded his CD as well. And um, 
I funded a lot. I wasn't greedy with this game. Yeah. You know, I wasn't greedy. I, I remember we had a, a documentary that was uh, being put together from Japan. And it was, um, God, I can't even think of, the Discovery Channel of Japan came down. Can you get these people together and can you help uh, put this documentary on Chicano rap? So I contacted different artists that I didn't even talk to. That time I was running with Halified. So I went outside of the Halified camp, contacted all these other people and stuff. Next day on MySpace, that's how far we're going back. All these artists are talking about how they were contacted by Japan. Not MC Poncho, but by Japan to be in this documentary. Like like they, you know, they were wanted. Nobody was buying their CDs. Their CDs were full of dust at the Santa Fe Spring Swap Meet. You know what I mean? And that's the honest to God truth under the category Chicano rap. So Chicano rap is honestly a very ungrateful business. And a lot of people ain't gonna, ain't gonna like what I have to say about it, but I could say about it because I'm one of the foundations of that. You know, with those tapes that I did. I'm a Chicano and I was rapping. I called it vario rap because I was rapping about, you know, the neighborhood, you know, and all that. So you could, understand if you're from the area you know i talked about wilmington in a in a very good way i never disrespected anybody never you know not even wilmington you know and you know we're rivals of course you know wilmington's always been good to me you know i've always showed love you know i told you the story my dad was one of the first to hold a peace treaty between wilmington and pedro back in the days yes so um i um I gave it up, you know, I, I gave it up, but that was vaudeville rap, what, what I called it. Then when it had this thing on Chicano rap, well, it just went a whole different route. To answer your question about, did I see it going anywhere? No, it didn't go anywhere. Because why? Because us, and I'll say myself, as Chicano rappers in this game, we're our biggest downfall. We don't support one another. We don't, you know, we think that by paying somebody of another ethnic background, Certain amount of money you're gonna get, you're gonna come up. You're gonna come up. A lot of them did that. Yeah. And I seen it. I remember there was dudes, no names, that were paying to open up for DJ Quick. And I said, let me get this straight. You're paying to open up for DJ Quick. So what? You could go and brag to your grandkids 30 years down the line. Hey, I remember the time I opened up for DJ Quick. But are you gonna tell them the part that you paid a thousand dollars or you had to sell tickets to fucking get on that show? And these guys would do that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, not only was it an ungrateful game, but there was no pride in that game, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you know what? Wow. You said a lot there, and a lot of people would agree with you because a lot of people, when I ask them, why has Chicano Rap never took that next or took it to that next level? Meaning, meaning, why don't we have a Chicano on The View? Right. Like we have a snoop or a, a game or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Why don't we have a Chicano uh, performing, if you will, uh, like Dre did uh, Times Square? Uh -huh. You know, I mean, they even had a, a lowrider in Times Square yeah. for him. Yeah. You know, that's when I feel we somewhat have arrived. Uh, accomplished something. Yes. Yeah. You never seen that diagram? They do that little thing where they show the they show the black rappers and they're coming up. The, the, they're all helping each other walk up those steps. Right. And then they show the Chicano rappers and they show them throwing each other off the steps. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it, it, it's sad, but but true. That's that's the truth. I'm not gonna, you know, that's the that's the truth. It, it, and it, and I lived through it and seen it firsthand. You know, the ungratefulness to it. I've seen it. You you know when I started to ex first experience hate doing this podcast was when people would tell me, "Why are you trying to help those people?" Mm -hmm. Chicanos were telling me that. Yeah. 
And here's some of their words, and not to mention no names. That dude right there is a fucking lame. Mm -hmm. His raps are fucking whack. Mm -hmm. You know, he's only got two CDs. I got eight CDs. Yeah. I got more history. <laughs> right. Uh, all I would say is like, just and wait, wait your turn. It's man. like the kid stuff. Like, don't like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it takes you back to when we were kids. Like, don't talk to him. Well, you talk to him, I'm not going to talk to you. You that, know, that's it, what it, it, yeah. yeah. This platform it was created for independent artists to shine light on them. Mm -hmm. Whether people like them or not, you don't, mm -hmm. if you don't like it, don't watch it then that night mm -hmm. or whatnot. But I've had people tell me, hey, you shouldn't have that guy. Mm -hmm. That me and him had beef. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we dissed each other on a song. Like, yeah. like okay, yeah. well, he's not at your house. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, but I, I seen that and I, it, it was. I seen what you were doing and how you were helping. And, and I go, man, maybe he could do something that I sure as hell couldn't do. You know what I mean? Because I tried that. I yeah. ran out of patience. I didn't have kids for a reason. You know what I mean? And I ran out of patience with it. And I, I seen that, you know, I took people to Japan with me. You know what I mean? People that I felt some that should have went to Japan, you know, that, that paid their dues. And then some that just got a free ride to Japan, a free ticket. You know what I mean? Right. Because I had that plug. Right. And, and I seen when you started this, you started this and, and I was like, man, Tony, I don't know how you're going to, your patience, man. I, I, I don't, you know, and then not to bring anything up, but then you got a little taste of the ungratefulness of Chicano rap. Yes. You know what I mean? They'll turn on you in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, turn, uh, I mean, people that I've known since the nineties were so quick to turn, to, yeah. you know, to go yeah. live and talk yeah. about me. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll leave it at that because you know what? We share uh, the same thing, Tony, because we're both the same age and we both didn't grow up like that. You know, our, our ways, like, if I talked, even being from PJ, you from Wilmington, I said, fuck Tony A. He's, you know, I said whatever I had to say. Right. Eventually, it's going to get to you. And do I get a pass when you confront me and say, hey, I heard you were talking shit? You know, do I get a pass? But people think now with this social media and stuff, well, it was only social media. They're going to get a pass. That it's okay to say whatever you want to say. Um, since we brought up the haters and what we go through, just recently, I had I had an individual with all these fake accounts, and I'm sure we're getting a lot of negative comments out there <laughs> on this, you know. So that's for you. Um, I got a dude that was just constantly on me and Chamarita, just constantly, constantly making up different accounts, making up different accounts, and just talking shit. Wow! Tried every which way. Talked about my mother. Oh, it was everything wow. to me. Talked about my dad and my brother who are resting in peace. You never speak on the dead. Karma's real, and it will catch up to you. And when it does, remember this, what I'm saying right now, because it will, it will. Um, and I said to myself, normally if people would tell me, block it, block it, it's negative, just block them. So I started blocking people. Do you know that there are support groups around the world for people that have been blocked by MC Poncho? They're having group talks right now. That's the joke, Tony. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 he looked at me, he was serious. <laughs> Everybody here like, really, Pancho? You there, are, there is support groups around the world for people that I have blocked. Men, grown fucking men that are going to Chamanita. Why did he block me? Why did he block me? Wow. I don't entertain that shit. That's why I blocked you. You know what I mean? By me, you, you, you know, people that have been in prison, you don't entertain a piece of shit. You know what I mean? So I'm not entertaining a piece of shit here and I'm not gonna talk to this person. So that's what I started doing. Recently I go, God, my fingers are getting tired of blocking people. I'm getting arthritis, I'm 50 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, even the rings are heavy. Um, so I go, you know what? If I could leave those comments up, if I could leave them up and not let them bother me and know that you 
insulted my mother in the most horrible ways. But I know that's not my mother. I know that what you're saying about her isn't true. You don't know my mother right. and stuff like that. If I could, I put myself to the test at 50 years old. And I was like, okay, no, I want to I wanna message this guy. I want to meet up. It ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? I want, you know, what am I going to get out of this? So at 50 years old, what am I going to get? Right. You know, what, 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 honestly, I'm going to be the loser. You know, I'm going to be the one losing. So if you could just keep doing what you're doing. And we've had this talk before, Tony. Yeah. And I told you, I can't even believe it. I'm trying to give you this kind of advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm a hot-tempered, you know, guy. Yes. And I want to go about things another way. If you could just keep doing what you're doing, as long as they're not interfering with your money, you know what I mean? And keep doing what you're doing. We're winning, yeah. you know, and you are winning. Look at you, are still here. You were in the hot seat for a minute. I've been in the hot seat before too. Social media can make you and break you and it's done both for me. You know, I, I really didn't think I'd be doing any more podcasts. I even said that after 50, I'm like, you know, I'm too old for that. I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm not doing it. And I'm glad you invited me on here because I had a lot to say. I wish we had the whole show. <laughs> we could have went on and on and on. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm glad it's you. And through all that you've gone through, you have my support 113%. And you know that. Thank you. You know, Thank you. and I'm here. Thank and I you. was here. And from day when, you know. Yeah. Thank you. You know, and, and, you know, going back to that point when I was in the hot seat, to be quite honest with you, and we're a lot like each other because we're hot headed. I'm not the type of guy that's going to log off thinking it's going to disappear. I'm one of those guys that like, I need to push back. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. So. I see it. I know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and the majority of the time, the guys that, that, you know, um, the fucking uh, internet warriors that sit there and talk, try to talk shit. Those are the guys that sad to say they feel safe behind the keyboard, yeah. but they will never, ever say it to you. Well, those are the ones that got bullied in school and picked on and stuff like that. And now it's, it's time. They're, they're mad at the world. You know what I mean? They're they're pretty much mad at the world. I mean, I'm giving those guys more attention than, than their parents gave them. You know what I mean? So let me send me your social security and let me claim you on my on my taxes because I'm paying a grip and I sure as I hardly getting no stimulus check. Shout right. out to the ones that are because I don't qualify on that. Right. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> So if I could claim them, fuck yeah, because I'm giving attention to them, shit. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, um, you know what? I'm kind of curious, but I was, I was gonna say, let me look at the comments. But no. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? And I never do. No, that's I, the, so this. This is our. Uh, you know, right. while there's people that are like and I said, they're having see, group therapy that, at, the time. At, at, at a coffee shop right now. They're talking about Pancho Block me. Me and you mm -hmm. could talk about this. How we're not gonna let that get to us. Yeah, you know what? There was this one guy that that actually he hit me up i guess under a different page and he said why did you block me mm -hmm. and i said like this look i don't go on nobody's page and disrespect them mm -hmm. i don't do that it's not my style mm -hmm. if i don't like your picture if i don't like your music excuse me if i don't like your style whatever i'm not gonna i don't like you mm -hmm. i don't care mm -hmm. okay but there are people that will go on there and this is the god's honest truth have gone on my page and literally have disrespected and talked about my grandkids wow Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and I need to make that yeah. clear for you guys listening. Why I blocked a lot of you guys because many of you have talked about my son, have talked about my grandkids, even talked about my daughters. See, okay? so you know, we both yes. share. Yeah. yeah. So you know what I do? I'll just delete the comment and just block them. Uh -huh. And this guy had the nerve enough to ask That's me, why. "Why did I block him?" Yeah. Wow. You know, and he was really hurt. Uh huh. You know, yeah. I'm a big fan. And I said, "Dude, I saw what you said, bro," and I ended up blocking yeah. that page yeah. too. I don't do that. I don't encourage anybody to do that, mm -hmm. you know. And even if I had a beef with somebody, I would never, ever talk about their wives or their daughters or their kids because it has nothing to do with that, mm -hmm. you know. But 
But it, and it's sad to say that it came from our own people. Yeah, you know our own people. Yeah. Probably. Well, the majority of the the things that I've gotten are from our own my own people. You know, I get a lot of respect from the black people and white Pacific Islanders, Asian. You know, just meeting people in the street that say they follow me, and it's people that I would never expect. Like, wow, you follow me? Yeah. Same. <laughs> what What is it that you know interests me in you? And then they'll tell me, you know, well, your butterflies, you know, or or your your the way you carry on you know because i've lost you know a lot in life as far as right. my mother father you know my brother my immediate family but um like i said i live each day for them and i push yeah. forward for them and if i fail i'm letting them down you know so that's one thing that i keep and like i said we, we've had this conversation before yeah. you're living for you know your parents you yeah. know what i mean you're you're they're watch. they're here with you tony yeah Thank you know you. so we share a lot that's why we understand each other yes we really do yes you know you know, I have a friend from New York that follows you that likes your style. Really? Yeah, yeah a brother. Oh, you know? wow. That's cool. And, and it, Thank and you. I, I get that more from the brothers than I do from the Chicanos. Yeah. You know, oh, why are you going to have Pancho? Mm -hmm. Why are you fucking <laughs> worry about it? You know? Yeah. But it's because many of them, which I felt today with a lot of Chicano rappers, not Chicano uh, people in general, but just Chicano rappers. Mm -hmm. I, I need to be specific when I say that is that many of them have the sense they feel entitled mm -hmm. you know like uh, i deserve that mm -hmm. you know so give it to me and when i end the same no then they go on and make you know they diss me or yeah yeah you know tony gay wizard or whatever yeah. the fuck is you know <laughs> <laughs> k for killer <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, uh other than that uh, oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. And then the 187 underneath it, right? Yeah, the 187 underneath <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going back to the crack <laughs> the crack days. <laughs> so so now, um, have you, okay, like me, I'll tell you before I ask my question. I'm going to start producing again. I'm going to start producing Good. again. And uh, I'm going to come with some fucking fire because I feel that, especially because I'm producing the whole soundtrack for this um that you're gonna write documentary, uh -huh. all instrumentals. I, I don't need uh -huh. no rappers, all instrumentals. And and I'm gonna bring it back, but I also wanna make a statement that, you know what? There could be someone, and I wanna encourage others to try as well. I dare them to be different, and let's try to take this genre that people have shitted on, talked upon, talked upon and don't believe in. Maybe we could take it to another level. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's an opportunity, and it may, take somebody like me to maybe inspire somebody young. Maybe we can work together and show people that, you know, we can take it to another level, you know? And that's part of the reason uh, uh, that I feel that, like, you know what? I want to come back. Uh -huh. I want to come back. And there's one artist that I'm, I'm thinking about and I, I talked to him. He's a youngster and he's with it. And I think his style with my style, it's, it's nothing like what's out there right now and that's why I think it can work. Uh -huh. You know, uh, the reason why I believe this podcast worked is because everybody told me it couldn't work. Don't ever go live. Right. Don't ever go on YouTube. If anything, just do your Instagram or just do audio. Uh -huh. And I went against the grain. Yeah. And I'm going to go against the grain on this one as well. So, and this documentary we already talked about, I'm going to feature you in it. I want you to be a part of it because well, I believe you. you have a lot to say. There's a lot of others that, that I've contacted as well, and they're all with it. Uh -huh. There were two individuals that were going around saying they're not going to be in it. They're not going to be in it. They're not going to be in it. Well, to be quite honest, you weren't asked. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I understand yeah. right. why you're not going to be in it. Yeah. But anyways, but I'm going to keep it pushing and uh, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something 
that nobody expected. Uh-huh. And I, I allow me to say this is going to be very educational. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like bragging, like who's the best, who's the mm-hmm. weakest or whatever. It's going to be very educational. Yeah, no, I heard you when you said that it could be used as a, a learning tool. Yes. And, and yeah, we need something like that. Definitely. Like in the colleges, like Chicano studies, you know what I mean? Something like that. Definitely. You know, the documentary was actually uh, um, uh, aired for um, uh, Northridge, uh, uh, community college. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, and uh, at that time I did a, uh, they wanted me to go in and speak and this guy was going to set up work for me to go nationwide and speak to colleges on their history because uh-huh. some colleges teach on hip hop. Uh-huh. And, and um, but COVID hit, so that pretty much cock blocked everything. Yeah. And um, so I did like a Zoom presentation, oh, you know, okay. and I just talked about the history or whatnot, but uh-huh. I would love to do that, man. Uh-huh. I would love to go around and hopefully with this Chicano rap documentary, uh, um, I want to do the same thing, you know. Well, you're showing right here that you you just bounce back. There's a song that I'm hearing in my head right now that could be your theme. Uh, what is that? Uh, you're going to break my stride? <laughs> you can't hold me back. Oh, no, right. I got to keep on moving. That's you, Tony. That's Thank you. you and if there's anyone that could do it, you're, you're the one. Thank you, you are the one. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. God bless you for saying that, brother. Uh, with that being said, anything, Pancho, else you want to bring up? Anything that I didn't ask you? You know, it's always always about me, MC Pancho, and the things that I've done and, and growing up. But I never really talk, and of course, my mother, who played a very big role in my life. Mm-hmm. But I never really talk much about Chamarita, and that's yes. my wife, who's been by my side forever, and is my best friend. Is I always say uh, you're the big sister I never had, and she tells me I'm weird for for that. But it's a relationship that I can't think of doing anything without her. You know what I mean? It's like. Um, you know, where are we going to go today? Where are we going to go hang out today? Where do you want to go eat today? Or what do you want to do today? You know, it's, um, I don't know. I'm very fortunate to have that, to have that connection with somebody that, you know, a soulmate, you know, exactly a soulmate. And I just want to say that there is a such thing as love. I hear a lot of people say, fuck love. And my mom would even say, fuck love. And, and to bring up another story of my mom, at her deathbed a few days before she passed, she told me that she really loved my dad you know because my dad was a player he had kids all over the place and stuff like that and but she was by his side when he passed away which i told you of als Lou Gehrig's disease but when my mom was ready to pass and she was sick she told me she goes you know what i think i really did love your dad and then i said she's not Tony. about five minutes later she goes or not i don't know <laughs> you know she went back you know but she it was her way of saying that she really did there was a thing but she would always say fuck love my mom would, would right. use those words and with me I'm very fortunate to have love, you know. There was a time when I loved Chamarita and I wasn't in love with her. And then there was a time when I fell in love with her head over heels and that's where I'm at right now. And I love that woman. That's why I married her. And I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing today, honestly, without her help. You know, she's she's a push now because I don't have my mother and she's been that push. And honestly, Tony, at 50 years old, I can say I've accomplished everything that I've wanted to do. If I was to die tomorrow, I wouldn't want anybody mourning or feeling sorry for me or saying, you know, because I've done everything. I've had the cars. I have materialistic things we're going to talk about. You know, the the jewelry, the house. I got the job. Um, I've done it all. I've done everything. You know, yeah, I don't have any kids, but I was fortunate to get close to Chamanita's granddaughter at that at that age and feel what it's like to hold a child and and be there for that child and love a child and. And I did, you know, with, without, you know, having to take her to school and all the, the hard stuff that, that right, comes right. with it. Now you got to go back to your parents, you know, but everybody knows the story of me and Boots. 
I, I had her with me, you know, and, and she got me through the hardest times of my life. When I lost my mother, she filled that hole. And she was the one that, like, and I tell that story on my Instagram photos and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm happy with my little Shih Tzu that I have named Shorty that I named after my mother. I don't have a pit bull. And I'm very happy with Chamarita for being there and being there for me. You know? Well, that's a beautiful thing because you have something that most, many people do not have. I, I know that. I know that because I hear people that ask me, like, can you tell us how to be that couple? And I'm like, I don't know how. I don't honestly know how how we click together. You know, I'm the hot-tempered, pushy one, and she's the calm one. But then she'll tell me back. You know, sometimes we'll do weird stuff in the house. Like I'll irritate her. I'll put my. She doesn't like you touching her armpits. So I'll put my hand and I'm putting it out there. I'll put my hand on her armpit and boom, she socked me in my face like bam. And I was like, oh shit, okay, you want to do this? All right. So we're we're wrestling in the living room, and she's kicking me, and you know, I ain't hitting her, but I'm trying to block and get in there, and we're going at it. And I think I bit her. I think that. <laughs> That was about it. And, you know, and, and then we just sit back and laugh after. And I'm like, man, you know, the relationship that we have, honestly, I couldn't give advice to anybody. Just maybe tell you people, I hope it comes your way. It came my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't know. Even my mom would say, you, you guys don't fight. You're not you're not a regular relationship. You know, something's wrong with you guys. You need to fight. Because <laughs> my dad, you know, would, would do that. And to see us not fight, my mom was like, no, something's wrong. You, you guys got to fight. <laughs> right, you right. Know? But we don't. And, you know, I enjoy that we're that team. So it ain't an MC Poncho thing. It's a Bonnie and Clyde thing. MC Poncho, Chamarita, find what you love and let it kill you. It's that's it's us, you know, as a team. That's a beautiful thing, man. That's and that's one thing, thing I've never talked about. Or they never asked me in, in any of the interviews. You know, I never really get to speak on. Well, I'm glad you, know, you did. I'm glad you, you know. took your time. That's and why it's on right here with you, Tony. Awesome. And, and that's why I like to ask, because sometimes I, I could ask a question, and here's the way my brain thinks. You're answering, I'm listening, and I'm already thinking of the next one. <laughs> so a lot of times I'm ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. So that's why I like to stop, backtrack, say, is there anything I didn't uh -huh. you know, ask? But other than that, I know you're not doing mixtapes anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, possibly, okay, Dallas. You'll be in Dallas when again? I'll be in Dallas in uh, July for the Taurus Empire. I, I host his his show. You know, I do the concert on stage and all that. That's going to be a huge show. I think he's already at like a 900 uh, pre-regged cars and people are just waiting for that one. So that one. Hell yeah. And then um, our anniversary at 99 Bottles this last Saturday of, of the month, uh, two weeks from now, the Find What You Love and Let It Kill You uh you know, party with MC Pancho and Chamarita. We'll be celebrating. I'll be hosting it. I hope you could join us, Tony. We'll you'll be right there with us. And I'll be hosting it, and we're having our anniversary party right there. Oh, yeah. I take my son again you with know. me. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Get oh, a driver. Get a driver, Tony. Oh, man. <laughs> man, when you guys were, you, you and B. Scanners are both going to need a driver, damn Oh, it. <laughs> man. That day when I saw him taking those whiskey yeah, shots, yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah. stop already. You know, yeah. because I've seen him where he's yeah. like, yeah, dad. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, it's like yeah. his jaw is about to fall off, man. But thank you for joining me on my 50th birthday. You were right there. That was know? awesome. It was a handful that I could count. Everybody knew, you know, where it was, but you were there and thank you that was awesome thank you. okay other than that uh any shout outs uh just to everybody that supported you know uh throughout the years and everybody that's gone going through this covid and lost a loved one uh during this covid you know i'm really sorry you know sorry isn't even a word i used to hate it when people would say i'm sorry for your loss because it doesn't help much you know and i speak from experience right but just what we're going through and just remember um our loved ones are always with us you know they leave us 
in a physical form, but not spiritually. And that's, I truly believe in that, you know, so to everyone out there, um, just keep your head up and we're going to get through this, you know, and, um, that's about it. And shout out to everybody that supported me, all the fellas that are busted. You already know who you are. I've, I, you know, much love to you guys and keep, you know, hopefully you'll be out soon. And, uh, Irene and all the senoras, I love you. You already know. Awesome. Awesome. You know, one thing that I would want to do one day, and you know what made me think of this, uh, uh, the, the whole COVID thing. One day, if I ever do get enough money, I would like to open up a gym. That's a yeah, gym. yeah, yeah. You know the, the Harbury. The, I was just gonna say Harbury Gym right there. That'd be yeah, yeah the Harbury That'd gym. be cool, Tony. Hell yeah. yeah. So other than that, I, would, I only have a couple of shout outs. So let me go ahead and give a shout out to not only MC Pancho but and Chamorita. And uh, honestly, thank you for sharing that love here with us, uh, Anthony, uh, for running this shit. Uh, Alex Cervantes, Cervantes Enterprise, you got, you guys got a, a, a fucked up ass car. He'll fix it for you. Seriously, yeah, I need to talk to him. Yes, yes. not to interrupt, but yes. yeah, yeah, that guy's dope. Uh, and my son, my son, be scandalous for having me promote this. Other than that, to all the Rodian Raider Warriors and everybody, like, comment, and subscribing uh, to this podcast. Uh, once again, thank you very much. And uh, I think, yeah, you just reminded me, you had something you wanted to give me. Well, I know you're a fan of Star Wars. What do you know yeah. about these right here? Oh yeah, that's nice. Empire Strikes Back. Lando oh, Calrissian. What do you know about those? Do you have you ever seen those? You know what? No. Those came from Burger King back in I want to the years on there. This is a Star Wars right here. Okay, Star Wars, yes. And that was an Empire Strikes Back. So those are yours, Tony. Thank you, brother. Those Thank had you. to be the years on them. If you look real good, my eyes are bad, but you can see. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty, and that one has to be what seventy nine. Uh, this one that was eighty. So this has to be 79 then. Does it have the year? On this one, I can't see it because of the glare, but but it's, this one was first, no. obviously, so yeah. I know you're a Cowboys fan. I hope you don't have that one. Oh, man. And then I just got you some Harbury here, Tony. Uh, the anchor's mine. And Look at that, everybody. Michael Irvin right You got there. your name on those. Oh, shoot. Those Thank you, here. man. You know. Hell yeah, yeah, I did. I did his colors right here. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Hell to all yeah. the metals out there. All sides, you know what's up. Hell yeah. That's no best so everybody, once again, thank you, MC Pancho. Thank you for the love. And you know what? Let me give a quick shout out to Jen from Fashion Town. Oh yeah, 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 Jen, Jen, that's a cool. So Jen, much love, much respect from MC Pancho and me, Tony the Wizard. I'll be in there soon because I need to pick up actually a sweater. So, uh, and, and actually, you got that sweater done at Fashion Town. Well, the bandana, yeah, yes. Jen did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, once again, everybody, uh, much love, much respect to you guys. Have a blessed night. I'll see you guys here on Wednesday, and we out of here.